Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leia, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio and many other things. So come along with us, won't you? Oh, didn't click it. Didn't click it right. Didn't, didn't nail it, huh? Didn't, didn't, forgot how the buttons worked. <laughs> anyway, welcome everybody to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. Thanks so much for coming out. If you hear noise in the background, it is the rain. We've been getting a decent supply of rain the and last I'm, couple. Of, I'm going to say the most Californian thing I can. You got to say it being in California. Yeah, we really needed it. We really needed it. <laughs> yes. As I stare off into the window, watching the rainfall in a very satisfied way. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> and in fact, we just got back from my dad's house, and it was snowing all up there. On the oh way yeah! There. We actually drove through rain and watched as it turned into snow. <laughs> we literally got to play the game of when will we will the will the evidence of snow be on the ground or will it hit the car? Right, right. That was a fun game to play. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's always a lot of fun to go to snow. I want to reiterate that for everybody that we know that go is living to the in snow snow laden lands that you look out your window and you see snow. I I can feel for what that must be like to live in it. And in the HRCC podcast channel of the Discord, I will post some more pictures of our snowy time. I think I posted a few already, mm-hmm. but there was, there's nothing better in the winter than fresh snow. But I've got to say, do people f- who live in areas that regularly snow feel the way that Californians do about the rain? Where it's like the first week is like, this is really great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna huddle under a blanket. I'm gonna have some hot cocoa, maybe a hot toddy, mm-hmm. right? And just enjoy how the weather has forced me inside right. for about a week. And then I'm all over set. it. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> right. Can we have the outside back? <laughs> I think there's people that just realize that's inevitable and all around them and that they must strive forward, you know? Right. I mean, here, mm-hmm. things really go bad when it rains, right? Oh, lots people, of flooding. People get in accidents, roads flood, kids aren't allowed outside in the water. <laughs> I, I, will, I will say, too, and boy, you know, there's a lot of things where I'm like, People say this trope about Californians a lot. There's a lot of tropes about Californians. Of course. And one, m- though, most of them well-deserved. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> most of them make sense. And then this one, I'm always like, I'm not a bad driver. Like, I can handle the snow, no problem. I've driven in the snow many times. And on ice, I've lost traction. I've, you know, I've been through the whole thing. You purposely lost traction. I did. To decide whether or not to turn to four-wheel drive. It, we, were, we were like at 20 miles an hour and we stopped. And I just, I, I tapped it a little bit harder than I normally would to see if we, were, if we still had any bit of traction. And so, nope, all, you know, flipped it over to four-wheel drive. We were good. So, Californians, man, driving up to Big Bear was a nightmare. A nightmare. There was snow on the ground. True, there was snow. But I think not everybody values the difference in snow. Snow exists in different types of phases, <laughs> particularly when you're at altitude. If you're at like 6,000 feet, the snow is like it's fluffy and dry and right. it's not ice. Yes. And if, it's, if it just snowed, like a brand new snow, you still need to go slow. 
but you don't need to go 15 miles an hour. Oh, painful, especially on roads that are just one lane each way. Oh, for miles. Oh, 40 geez. miles and hazards uphill. on. It's like, is, is there something wrong with your car? Pull over. <laughs> yeah, they got their hazards on. It's a, it was a Prius in this case, of course. <laughs> and the turnouts were plowed. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't get out of the lane. They had 10 cars behind them. It was wild. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that th- that was the safe speed because it wasn't. Once we got past them, we were doing 30 miles an hour. Yeah. Because it was there was no threat to traction at any time. Um, I did have mud. We do have mud tires on the car, but or the the truck. But regardless, it was like perfectly safe. But yeah, man. Oh, I was very frustrated going up to my dad's. The way back got a little tough, but I led most of the way. It seemed so. Never been more upset at Californians. Yeah, like, <laughs> we deserved it. This one Prius changed my whole mind around. So, so now we're leaving California. So, this is the no. news everybody's been waiting to hear. That was it. That one Prius <laughs> broke the broke <laughs> the Californians back on this. For one. the one time a year, you drive through the snow. <laughs> more than it. one. Well, I guess a couple, maybe more than one. But anyway, <laughs> thanks so much for coming out to the Hammer New Crash Course podcast. We really do appreciate you clicking on that link wherever you do pod, and we like to kick off the podcast with. The Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. And uh, you came up that came up with the name. Don't be a fanboy for brands. Yeah, or don't be was, a radio fanboy. Don't be a radio fanboy. Like, don't be one of those people who uh, you you buy a bunch of Apple products and now you can never look at an Android without disdain. <laughs> yeah. Or you come up with lofty arguments in your head <laughs> on why this is better than that. And I have a Ham Radio argument to make here. You, most people. What they'll find is as they come up in their hobby time, their career in ham radio, if you will, they'll find brands that they gravitate naturally towards. The look of the radios, the performance of the radios to the way they like it, and the interfaces a lot of the times these days. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes then people get locked into that brand and they cannot look outside of that brand because it has become their brand. And my point is, if you have an HRO... There are, certain, there are certain brands that are kind of prone to this mm-hmm. i want to say like kenwood a lot of kenwood there, yeah. well it's the it's all four brands everybody does it right i'll, I'll throw ellacraft in there too ellacraft is like the apple cult of ham radio well they're made in america okay <laughs> okay um but kenwood sure yesu of course icom definitely they all everyone does this right but i think the point is and the, the why i want to mention this is Every one of these companies is making good stuff. And if it's been five years, 10 years in some cases that you've ever looked at a different radio manufacturer, give it a shot. You might be surprised when you're looking for a new HT. Try a couple of them out from different brands when you're looking at a different mobile radio. Oh, I, try I found radio. one radio I like and I'm, I'm never That's going it. Back. You're done. That's, this I'm, is it. Yeah. The ID52 is, is yes, it. I'm, that's it. <laughs> it is the only radio you've actually asked to to use like it's mine you, you what do you want have? to use it. it it's wild how just the right application of features and the way it looks like you were just like oh no yeah no this is this is mine this is what i want to use yes but if you have an hro a gigaparts dx engineering wherever you've got a showroom and you can actually get access to different radios go hands-on with a radio brand that you in the past have been like you know i don't like them because in the past, it's like a completely different game in ham radio now. It's worth a shot to try something new out whenever you can. I'm a big fan of that because you're sleeping on 
potentially new features, new interfaces for sure, that may be, maybe not, maybe not a, 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 oh, this is an immediate killer of my radio brand that I've loved forever. Not at all. What I'm trying to say is they're worthy of appreciation for their own merit. Mm-hmm. It may not be exactly what you want, but it may not be that far off either. All so right. this iteration of radio may not be the best one, but maybe their next one will be. Right. And you hate to spend the money on something that is of your chosen brand when the other radio may be just as good, maybe cheaper, may have more features, who knows? So just keep right. an open mind as best you can. Don't be a fanboy. Okay. Okay. Well, s- s- sorry, Ray. <laughs> no, no it, it, it's, not that, it's not that at all. It, it's not that. The, the point is, that I guess, appreciate the brand based on the merits of their features. Sure. Appreciate the brand based off of the radios they offer. Don't appreciate the brand because it's the brand you like. Have right. some more meat on the bone than that, right? Okay. I obviously like iCom radios. I like I like every brand's radios. They're all really good. Just some of them are a little bit more approachable from my point of view and what I'm trying to do in the interfaces. Well, you've got a, an Elecraft. I am an Elecraft. I have Yesu. You don't have Kenwood. Though. I have a, a couple of Kenwood Handy Talkies. Oh, yeah. look at that. Yeah, so I, I, I cover... So unbiased. I try to be because I think it's the right thing to do. I think I think it's the only way to... Try to be, you know, as fair as possible. Anyway. I'll bring the beer. We do have a beverage, and uh, it is, Leah, do you want to mention it? Yeah. Or I'll, or I'll mention it while you take a sip. Here you go. All right. This is a Estrella Jalisco. Estrella. Estrella. Jalisco. <laughs> Estrella? Estrella. Oh, Estrella Jalisco. It is a tropical chamoy michelada oh that is good so there's here's a drink that probably some of you've never heard of and it's michelada a michelada is generally half of a beer and some kind of tomato-y drink usually clamato usually clamato and then there are many things added to it like hot sauce lime juice and sometimes a condensed red sweet what do you what would you call it? syrup called chamoy yes chamoy has chili chili powder in it and they mix it in uh in these micheladas depending on where you go some of them have like deluxe micheladas or whatnot but there have been a long time they've running these uh chilada cans like bud budweiser and stuff have been doing it the chilada is just a take on a michelada micheladas are fantastic drinks really really good on a summer that's why we're drinking it when it's raining in the winter the tropical chamoy michelada is a flavorful and refreshing lager blended with clamato, chamoy flavor, and pineapple juice. Ah, that's that. Yeah. This traditional lager is mixed with the sweet and tart punch of pineapple juice and ends with a kick of heat from the robust and full flavors of clamato and chamoy. Chamoy is actually a, um, it's a sauce, but it's made from a fruit. Chomo okay. Fruit. Yeah, it's like it, a, it oftentimes has like pepper in it though, like yeah. chili, chili flake, chili it, powder. It hits all of the flavor notes, like salty, sweet, sour, and spicy. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's all great. It's if you like a a Bloody Mary, yeah, I think you like micheladas. You would probably like it. Yeah, yeah. they're really good. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned clamato. That's clam juice in tomato drink. Tomato yes. juice. Um, it's not what you think either. It doesn't taste just like a cup of clams. <laughs> it's not a seafood bomb or anything like that. It's not stinky or anything like that. It gives it that savory umami kind of 
taste mm-hmm. that you get like like a little bit of anchovies in Caesar salad dressing. I know there's tons of you who are hearing this right now and they're like, that sounds filthy. Disgusting. <laughs> Why would you mix beer with anything? I'm telling you, if you haven't tried it, you should at least try it. And don't just go down, you know, to the to the Ralph's or Kroger and buy the chiladas from Budweiser. Like get yourself Those aren't proper. terrible either they're, though. They're not terrible, but if you're gonna have a Michelada, get a real Michelada. It doesn't taste anything like clams or seafood or anything at all. No, not at all. Like, anyway, yeah. Yeah, that's that's mm. the beverage. So join the conversation by leaving a review on iTunes for the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast, wherever you pod. Again. I love reviews. Well, you're going to have to wait till next week because we don't have any reviews oh. this week. <laughs> and or emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com. <laughs> Leaving a review wherever you listen to a po- to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious. And we appreciate it. This would be where I would re- read the reviews. But I'm just hoping that people are just wrapped up in having a wonderful time with their family. It was just a bad podcast last week. It, That's it all that tells me. It was a bad podcast yeah. and <laughs> People are just spending time with their families. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I understand. So maybe next week we'll have one for you, Leah. That means we're moving into the preparedness corner. The preparedness corner. Your favorite corner. Don't we have a sound for that? Yes. <laughs> are you ready? Are you ready? Are you I'm ready? on top of my game are today. You ready? Into are the you unknown ready? I will go. For I shall fear no man of peace. One foot after the other. For I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. How could you forget that? My bad. (laughs) All right, we are headed into the new year. Yeah, it's true. And one of the most common things you want to do when you look at the new year is how can I make my life better? Yeah. Right. And some people call those resolutions, whatever, (laughs) call it whatever you like. Right. But one of the big ones is usually getting organized. Okay. So this week we're going to be talking about tips for organizing your preps. Okay. And this is from seed to pantry school, which is pretty cool. The first tip is to take stock. Don't just look around at what you have. Take an inventory. Actually make multiple inventories. Uh, food, water, lights, off-grid cooking gear, bug out bags, seeds, whatever. However you prep for whatever you're prepping for, take stock. Because, you know, inevitably, sometimes we raid our preps. Mm-hmm. And not like the core preps, right? Like, I hope everybody has like these core preps right. that are stored long term that you don't really touch. You're taking out onesie, twosie things here and there. Right. Like you just realize that you're out of tomato sauce and you don't want to go to the market. Mm-hmm. So you've now grabbed it from your preps. Your 25 count box of Band-Aids now has five. <laughs> because your children, your children discovered it. They wear them as accessories. <laughs> So, uh, so take stock, right? Uh, but also, and this is uh, this is kind of common in canning, and I I do watch quite a few uh, homesteaders that can things, mm-hmm. and they usually have like a rotation system when they're um, when they're using what their stock is, right? Yes, and uh, like you're talking about the can rotators and stuff, right? Well, no, like when you're canning in jars. 
Oh, okay. So you you like want to write on the dates and stuff like that, and as they work through them, they. Yeah, exactly. So they usually pull the older ones out, put the new ones in back. Mm-hmm. But what ends up happening, and if if anybody cans and didn't know this, or mm-hmm. maybe you're a beginner canner and you didn't know this, you're not supposed to leave the rings on the jars. Oh, right. Because you want to know whether or not a seal has popped. Uh, right. Right. And if you leave the the rings on the it's like arbitrarily holding it down right it'll help it if it pops off it'll actually force it to reseal and then you won't actually know which could be really bad yes you'll be you'll get botulized botulized (laughs) so uh one of the things you should probably do when you're taking stock is just give a tap to all of those rings Mm -hmm. to see whether or not they're they're all sealed Mm -hmm. take all the ones that are not sealed properly out mm-hmm. and then you'll have a realistic stock and if the if the lid does pop and you take the contents and smear it on your wrinkles <laughs> for botox for that sweet sweet botulism <laughs> okay don't do this do not do this this is not do not do, do not siphon it into a syringe and yeah. inject it just in immediately your... inject yeah. it subcutaneously <laughs> yeah, do into do not do that this is <laughs> This is not beauty preparedness, okay? Right. Purposely botulizing some of that's your right. Stock yeah. For the day that all the Botox runs I'm out, pre- I'm preparing <laughs> for the end of Botox. All right. So uh, make time to clean and organize. So obviously, one of the big problems when you're a prepper or like if you're frugal, which we try to be, and uh, if you have a family, like that stuff takes a lot of room. Yeah. All of you right now probably can look over to some part of a room that had a Christmas tree or still has a Christmas tree and there's probably boxes still there, like toy boxes and things that haven't got put away. We have the boxes, but no more Christmas stuff. So you're all feeling the the organization right now. Yes. (laughs) I had mentioned in the uh, podcast channel that I had already taken down all of the Christmas decorations on the 26th because I try to get to it pretty quickly to enter the new year, all fresh and new. Mm -hmm. And uh, somebody was like, Oh, I just told my wife the other day, only sociopaths take down their Christmas trees on the 26th. Well, there you go. <laughs> I might have to recant. I was like, well, I'm not sure. The <laughs> <laughs> jury's out. So, yeah, uh, you know, clean it up, dust it off. Um, I would do that even before you take your inventory. Yeah. You know, that's... Might well, be helpful. You may find something. Like if, you know, if things are disheveled or you've got, you've shoved a tarp and it's covering something, right? Like, you know, make, go go about cleaning up and putting things where they belong. Because sometimes get, something will get put in the wrong place and then all of a sudden it's covering up something that you may have missed. Yes. And then making room for your preps. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is something that we definitely experience. As we realize that there are certain things we should prepare for. Mm-hmm. We buy things. We're good at that. Right. (laughs) Some would say we excel. (laughs) Um, But then you don't necessarily have room for it. Yes. So make room for your preps. 
you may have accumulated an additional set of skills for your preps, Mm -hmm. right? And those skills usually come with tools Mm -hmm. and then you've got to figure out where to put them. That's right. So figure out, and this is something that I'm actually trying to do just in life in general, Mm -hmm. figure out what your, um, what a typical workflow or uh, need like based organization. So, so in your preps, the most easily accessible things should be the things you would use immediately in the first three days. Right. So So that should be working kit. The, yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is all the leather. I need your welding gear. Right. Right. Yes. (laughs) Right. So So it's the reloading station. Yeah. And um, of course, like make sure if you've got a bug out plan that your bug out stuff is right in in the forefront. So you're not having to dig through the rest of your preps that you probably won't take with you. I got to move all these glass bottles out of the way that I took the rings <laughs> off of to get to my bug out gear. And I'm, I'm very stressed right now. But don't. And I've seen a lot of people who have preps. Um, especially people who have just gotten into being prepared and now it's kind of taken over their living situation. Mm -hmm. Like assess what you may need to store certain things and where you might put them. Like I've seen a lot of cool um, storage beds now where the bottom frame can hold a ton of preps, Mm -hmm. right? Like water, cans, whatever. And you just put it under your bed. Then you never have to leave your bed. Right. <laughs> when you're hungry, you, you have a can opener in your nightstand mm-hmm. and then you just reach right under and pull it out. There right. you go. I've yeah. got an induction burner that fits right <laughs> on the, the nightstand. I bought it dimensionally. It's it's perfect. So efficient. And it's also a fast charger. Wow. <laughs> what a product. <laughs> what will they think of next? <laughs> I burnt my iPhone. Well, I had the burner set to induction. Not wireless charging. It's uh, they're not heat proof. <laughs> oh, those things get hot though. Yeah. So uh, maybe what you're looking at is um, uh, new shelving, right? New um, new storage that will fit the way that you're going to prep. Yes, uh, this is a really good point. Your your preps. I mean, of course, buying things is great. Having the things on hand is great. But those things all have to go live somewhere. And so preparing, so you're never just buying a thing. The dollar amount is never the thing you're buying. It's also any storage you need that goes into it, the power to run it, whether on-grid or off-grid. All that stuff takes up space. Ideally, you buy those shelves and get them installed first. Right. So then you have somewhere to put the stuff once you start right. collecting. And you you might find you're going to have to let go of like your stand-up paddleboard or your unicycle because you haven't used it in a couple of years to mm-hmm. make space for your preps. It, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real thing. All right. The next tip is to get a system, right? Okay. And uh, this, is, this is particularly important if you are prepping for yourself and family members. If something were to happen to you. Oh, this is a good point. They also need to know what the system is, right? Mm -hmm. And so you almost wanna look at it the way maybe a store looks at inventory. Okay. Right? Like you, maybe you color code things. 
so that or a label on them or something. Yeah. So like if you have like a tote full of your off grid cooking gear, mm-hmm. right. And your tote for some reason is not see through or not apparent what's inside of it, mm-hmm. label it. Right. And then have a list of like an inventory list of what's in there. Okay. Just so you may that, even have to go so far as to say like what you can do with it. Sure. This yeah. only boils water. Right. You know, like that. Kind of, you know, I mean, yeah. like possibly, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. These chlorine tabs are for water. It's not for the pool. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's for drinking water. Yeah, exactly. So get a system that's understandable for you and your family um, to to take inventory, to know whether or not you've got gaps also in in what you need. Mm, right. Interesting. Then that goes along with your inventory approach, right? Yes. So if you did that up front, then you'd know also where your gaps might be. Maybe even uh, create like a map of where things go. Doing something like that kind of helps keep your preps isolated to one area too versus kind of constantly spreading out. Mm. (laughs) Right? I like that though. All right. Uh, The next tip is to create your own kits. Uh, Consider creating your own kits for specific things like your own first aid kit, your own car kit, your own power outage kit. So in situations specifically like for a power outage, Mm -hmm. right? Like this is the kit that I grab in a power outage. Right. Other people have really good ideas where um, in every bedroom there is a kit of things, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Something like a flashlight in every room that you would be in that's like kind of readily accessible. Right. Some people have like a basket or a pouch in each room. Mm -hmm. And if you have something like that, especially like for lighting and things like that, take the time now to go check the batteries on everything. Oh, that's a good point. (laughs) You know, because you may not have used it, but the batteries continue to drain. I like this idea of having bug out bags that are just designed to bug out to a different room. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is smart. Well, to get you from one room to another. I know there's no phone charger in the in the other room. So I'm gonna pack that. (laughs) You mean you don't have a phone charger in every room? No, do you? Did you have you been putting phone chargers everywhere? I have chargers in almost every room. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder where all that RFI is coming from. (laughs) Because sometimes I just wanna dock it wherever I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? uh, the next tip is to rotate. We already kind of uh, went over this a bit, but have a rotation system. Stick to that rotation system. Um, don't store what you don't eat. Oh, yeah, please. Right. Like you're not suddenly going to like green peas. Right. <laughs> right. And I know everybody says like, well, if you're hungry... Like, hunger is the best spice, Leia. Yeah. <laughs> if you're hungry, it's not going to matter. And it's like, do you want to feel like you're being punished by food? Yeah, on top of everything <laughs> yeah. else that's going on? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm really stressed out about everything going on. And you know what stresses me out more? Peas. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you don't like micheladas, don't stock Clamato. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Also, because potential botulism. Clamato does not have a very long shelf life, I don't think. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) All right. And then uh, keep things in their place, right? That's the way you stay organized. Once you've organized, 
Leave it alone. (laughs) (laughs) Stop messing with your own stuff. And if you pull something from it, put it back. Put it back. (laughs) Don't put it down. Put it away. And if family members start touching it and don't put it back, scream at them like a crazy banshee so they'll learn their lesson. That's right. (laughs) This always works. (laughs) Scare the living daylights out of them about what could happen. Do you understand? If all the NFTs get copied, (laughs) there'll be pandemonium. The system will break down. If I don't have my leather working kit. Where's my Tandy kit? Yeah. If I don't have this, you will not have leather goods in an emergency. Goods and services around leather. That's my that's my off-grid career path. Or my doomsday career path of choice. I'm not a cow to be seen in this area, but excellent. I specialize in possum. <laughs> Tanning the smallest amount of leather. No, I mean, you know, the whole thing with like, you have to stretch the leather. Yeah. Do you imagine what a freak show house you'd be if you had all the, like, stretching racks with dead possum? You have to custom make the racks. They're so small. I mean, they're not hard to make, the racks. <laughs> all right. That's it for the prayer in this corner. That's it. Okay. I hope right. I inspired you to. I'm inspired. Get to organizing. Possum population is scared. <laughs> Raccoons are cool though. Raccoons are fine. Yeah. They've got uses. You can train them. To oh, will they be trained to find get the a, possums? Oh, <laughs> I thought it was about also getting lines up into trees. Oh yeah, po- I, I could probably train a raccoon to do that better than a possum. I mean a squirrel. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Because, oh, because they eat meat. I just think they're smarter yeah. creatures. We talked about this. <laughs> because they eat meat. They're, they're, they're smarter because they eat meat. Right. <laughs> Unlike possums. Are, are possums? Possums are probably omnivores. Oh. They eat fleas and insects, so. Oh, okay. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> What's happening? The staircase has changed. Let's go this way before the staircase moves again. Hello and welcome to Leia's email correspondence tower. Yeah, that really crept up on me. Felt like it happened fast. It did. (laughs) So today we want to remind everybody we also have a voicemail box. Do we have any voicemail this week? Oh, that's. (laughs) Do we check? All right, so you can you can voicemail us if you're so interested at 562-334-2389. And if you want to just send an email, uh, send something ham radio related, prepper related, and you can open it up to other topics from that point. But we do want to get a bit of focus on the uh, the ham radio a bit going forward into the new year. And the email address again is leia at hamtactical.com. You can also send your merch ideas. And if we end up making your merch idea into a merch, we will send you one for free. That's true. And that's at hamtactical.com is where Leia runs the merch store for Ham Radio Crash Course. So let's go with the emails. 
The first email is titled New Station, and this is from Douglas. I'm starting on a new shack in the hill country outside of Austin. Okay. It will be in a metal barn. I plan on having four antennas going into the shack, two verticals and at least one dipole. Well, I hope Douglas lives near Austin because this is... Like it's a remote shack? Yeah. (laughs) And good internet connection. Yeah. So four antennas going into the shack, two verticals and at least one dipole. We do have critters that might be able to get to the coax. I plan on using lightning arresters on the coax as well as grounding the station equipment. How would I do this while keeping the critters away from the wire? So what's interesting about this is one of my friends Mm -hmm. had repeatedly um, run lighting in her backyard. Mm -hmm. She started with Christmas lights. Mm Mm-hmm. And then um, she upgraded the Christmas lights to larger bulbs Christmas lights. Okay. And I had wondered why she kept upgrading these lights. Because mm. the twinkle lights are fine. They're, they're great. Right. The animals were biting through the wires repeatedly. And then she got uh, wires that were made, like the lighting was made to resist animals chewing through it. Okay. No, did not help <laughs> chew through that too. Wow. She's given up on lighting. <laughs> so I wonder if the same thing happens with coax. It's possible. Why do they want to chew on the wires? I have no idea. I already don't have an answer for this question. I've never <laughs> had to deal with this. So I've never had to Google it. I've never looked it up. I think Leia's probably Googling it as I'm talking right now. Uh, if So you mentioned steel barn... So possibly there is rodent repel coax. There you go. Rodent repel coax. It is. Let me see what innovative cable solutions. There's probably some kind of chemical treatment you can apply to the outside of the coax. So if you install the coax and it's all set up and good to go, you may be able to coat it, like spray it with something. And the spray will probably keep the rodents away. But you probably have to go in every couple of months or every after every heavy rain or snow season. You probably have to hit it again. Just spray the whole area with coyote urine. Oh. <laughs> so the first thing you do is get a bunch of coyotes. That's the first thing you do. That's the first thing. To yeah. be a ham radio operator. Yes. Get a bunch of coyotes. I don't even know if that keeps animals away. I mean, the coax may be the better. The, the oh, custom- maybe wolf urine? The custom coax may be the right way to go because it's probably impregnated into the coax, the actual outer sheath. No, which, yeah, coyote urine. I was dead on. That's that's how you repel animals. Yeah, but I mean, you're going to have to. How how many? Again, you're going to have, have to keep bringing your coyotes back to pee on your coax. Yes, <laughs> it's not something that sticks around for a while. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, there is... Got to have a drip system. But the rodent repel coax is just for... Is it fiber optics? What is this? What does this look like to you? Well, you said coax. Times Fiber introduces a series of cable products which are resistant to rodent chew and damage. Well, times, times anything. There's probably times microwave, which does coax. This offering is available in both drop and hardline cable. So, Douglas, maybe that. 
and coyote urine. I just cannot emphasize enough <laughs> the need for you to train coyotes to one that first be your pet. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and then you walking them repeatedly out in this area. So there is a post on QRZ on this topic, and it goes back to uh, 2012. And a lot of them say, run your coax into conduit or get something that has very little exterior shielding, like PVC pipe or something like that. Oh. The coax aren't, no, the rodents aren't going to bite through the PVC. Wow. So you're probably good to go doing it that way. So you may have to go a little bit step further. If you do direct bury coax, again, it's, it's going to be mostly under the ground. So you may not have to run that much PVC. Mm. which would save you. So you'd run the PVC pipe all length of the exposed coax to the feed point. of the. But like what's more convenient, getting PVC pipe or training some coyotes to pee on your land, you know? Yeah. That's (laughs) It's really up to you at that point. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. PVC pipe's pretty cheap. (laughs) I just think about all those trips to Lowe's. Lots of coax or lots of PVC pipe. Very few coyotes. (laughs) Available at Lowe's. But I mean, coyotes are free. It's just... <laughs> it's that's just that's still work. my favorite. That's still one of my favorite memes. I think it might have been um, one of those stupid Alex Jones memes. Where like, they don't want you to know the ducks at the park are free. <laughs> I've got a dozen park ducks. I want a pet duck so bad you don't even The, the ducks at the, at the park are free. I just, I really want to. They don't want you to know. How do I get them to our house from the park? A a cage? A net? But how do you stop them from flying away? I don't know. See? I mean, again, (laughs) maybe the coyotes come back in at this point. (laughs) This Rube Goldberg machine we've cooked up. I'm assuming if you make a nice environment for the ducks and you like leave them in a cage for a while and you feed them a lot, then they're probably going to just be like, yeah, your bread's as good as the bread over there. Maybe I actually have to raise a duck from an egg so it imprints on me, you know? How does this get you the park ducks? (laughs) Well, I steal the park ducks' eggs Mm. and then incubate them. Ah, okay. I'm assuming the eggs are also free since the park ducks are free. Right. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. It's public land. Yeah, take that, ducks. Try paying your mortgage sometime. <laughs> Try paying taxes. <laughs> Stupid ducks. All right. <laughs> if you need clarification, Doug says... These are easy please. steps to prevent rodents from chewing on your coax. These... <laughs> these helpful tips... <laughs> That's why we're here. <laughs> Just trying to help. Uh, did you need more information from Douglas? Because he's uh, <laughs> he says if you need more information, you can. You I think can we've done enough. <laughs> I think we've done enough on this one. <laughs> like plenty. <laughs> I don't know what else we could add. Uh, literally, I have not faced this problem. So you, you can Google this. Google's probably your friend on this one. Uh, I I like to call out when I'm well out of my my depth, and this is one of those cases. If you live in an area plagued with rodents that love the taste of coax, please write in and let us know how did you stop them. This this might also be a case where we get a lot of emails replying 
directly to Douglas via the podcast. Yes. Which I don't know that we want. No, I think it's terrific. Oh, okay. <laughs> I also want to know. We're going to get some, again, Rude Goldberg type plans on how to prevent rodents from chewing. People are going to outdo us on coyotes and stealing pork ducks. Douglas continues, on another note, my dad was involved in dirt track racing, as did I after I was old enough to do so. He involved me and my brother as he was interested. And that was one way we were able to spend time together. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And he taught me a lot while spending all that time in the garage and out at the races. Yeah. this is That's fantastic. And I think it actually is one of the best ways for dads especially to develop strong bonds with their kids is to pick up a hobby together. Take them dirt track riding. Or I guess ham radio. That's, oh, I mean. I guess. <laughs> I guess you could bond with people with ham radio. Keep shoving that ham radio in the kids' faces. <laughs> I'm, it's not that. It's the book. I'm shoving the Gordon West book in. I'm chasing him around with it. Edison's like, I can't read these words. <laughs> what is an oscillator? <laughs> Just look at the pictures. <laughs> The answer C, Edison, C. <laughs> Douglas signs off. Douglas, KI7, LIK, Amateur Radio, and more. Thank right you on. for your email, Douglas. Hopefully that we were so much help. <laughs> Spot on. That's where you come for the best advice on this type of stuff. Uh, the next email is titled Conglomerate Holidays. <laughs> and this is from Michael. Check out Candle Nights. I think it's something you can get behind. Candle Nights is a pan-religious, pansexual, personal pan pizza. <laughs> Winter holidays. <laughs> Celebrated by my brother, my brother and me. First conceptualized in episode 36. It has been described as being basically Christmas and dreidels and latkes and Kwanzaa songs. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Candle, Candle night starts and ends for each person at different times. <laughs> it's about different things for each person and is celebrated differently by each person. <laughs> <laughs> People from all countries of all religions and those without religion alike can celebrate their own candle nights in their own way. Candle nights is most famous for being trademarked of Big Giant Head LLC. Every year since 2014, with a few exceptions. <laughs> it's only been... <laughs> Oh, even seven years, eight years. <laughs> the brothers have hosted a live candle night show in their hometown of Huntington. Candle nights is the best holiday of all. Wait, what, since which year? 2014? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> and there's... <laughs> so... This is, um, oh, there's like, there's a link that's been provided and there's food and drink. So 
Prince Albert's favorite candlelight treats were hot salt water and crackers with grapes and ketchup. Every year, Queen Victoria would make him six dozen and he would try to eat them all in record time. What is this from? What is is my brother, my brother and me? I don't know what that is. Big is Giant Head, I think, was Third Rock from the Sun? I don't know. This is a show by the three bo- brothers McElroy. It's a podcast. That's amazing. It's uh, It's been a podcast since 2010. So, obviously, a very popular podcast. I totally nailed it. The Big Giant Head is a fictional character from the American sitcom Third Rock from the Sun. Oh. Can I... He's the Solomon's mission leader. And it's played by William Shatner. Oh. Huh. So can I just mention one of the carols that are sang? Okay. Margaritaville by Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> Truly a holiday for us all. <laughs> oh my gosh. What's the song that the um the ice cream social podcast? says that you should you should say as grace either during thanksgiving or christmas i don't know until someone interrupts you because it sounds like it's a it's like a prayer almost (laughs) i have to look it up keep all right well i will drop the link about candle nights uh for anybody who is interested in a pan religious pan sexual personal pan pizza winter holiday (laughs) (laughs) i love it and thank you, Michael, for sharing that gem. <laughs> the next email is titled Poda in Santa Suits. And this is from a different Michael. This is from Ham Solo. Okay. Leia and Josh, here is a video I promised with my son and I doing an activation in Santa Suits. However, we could not get on Pike's Peak due to high winds, and most of our other close summits are closed for the season due to snow. We were able to get to Cheyenne Mountain State Park and attempt a poda, so check it out. And I will drop the link to that episode in the show notes. Also, after we left the park, which is about 25 or 30 miles down past from our house, it had snowed by the time we got back up to the <coughs> QTH at 9,200 feet. Here are a couple wow. of pictures of our white Christmas. That's really high up. Yeah, yeah, it is. And oh my gosh, your house is beautiful. And look at, that's that's quite a lot of snow. Not as much snow as we saw. Oh, take that. Yeah, <laughs> we had quite a lot of snow. <laughs> but I, there is something very magical about snow on trees and mountains. Oh, yeah. I, it's... And you know what's amazing? Snow is so quiet. And snow makes everything so quiet. Yeah, it kills like the just noise. Insulates everything from sound. It's almost eerie. Yeah. And the animals are like, I don't want to be around any of this right now. And so they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. They're also cold. So, you know. All right. Well, Ham Solo signs off. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Ham Solo K0FYR. Oh, it's Kokomo. Kokomo. <laughs> Wait, what is, how do the lyrics go? I, I know a place where I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a prayer. I know. Well, okay, you're right. But um, you, 
You don't do the Aru- you don't do the intro. Aruba. Yeah, you Jamaica. don't do that. Hey, I want to take you. You don't. You don't even go off the Florida <laughs> Keys. There's a place called Kokomo. You say, uh, "That's where I want to go." Where is it? I want to take you to Bermuda. No, no, no. Where is it? Th- that's one of my favorite Beach Boy songs. So, <laughs> I I think I know it well enough to know that it doesn't sound like a prayer. <laughs> I think it's like the second verse or something like that. I think it might be. It might not be Kokomo. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can't imagine. All right. Thank you, Ham Solo. The next email is titled Morse Code Ninja Podcast. And this is from Ryan. Mm -hmm. Happy holidays, Leah and Josh. I just want to share the email below from the Morse Code Ninja. I am enjoying his practice files even after having completed the CW Ops first level. I need more practice and head copy. Maybe you could put the links in the show notes and or Josh could do a video with him. Yeah, I'm, uh, I will probably do that in the future. All right. I got something coming up. And for anybody that's on the Patreon side, the newsletter this uh, month is going to be talking about that. Also, Mrs. Santa bought me the Take the CW Pill t-shirt. I absolutely love it. Thanks oh. for the fun merch. Well, thank you so much for making us a part of your Christmas. I also want to note that that is the perfect shirt to wear as you watch the disappointment that is Matrix Resurrections. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. God, it's so bad. See, as much as you will say it is bad... You cannot not watch it if you like The Matrix. Right. The nostalgia is so strong. No, I, I, I will I'll at least watch it the once. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can watch the first Matrix and then not watch two and three. Because two is okay. Three is bad. Mm. Two. Worse than Resurrections? Oh, oh, that's the worst one by far. <laughs> No, that one's real bad because it, it also ret well, I guess it doesn't retcon. It doesn't matter um, how Neo ends up where he he's like fully bodied again. He's like fully formed. Right. I he mean, he's been in that pod. The, well, he was blind at the end of the third Matrix. Sure. Like in in the real. He's blind. Oh, but that's not real. No, in the real world, like so, he, he got blinded. The juice that they sit in doesn't. Help he was them pulled out of the pod in the first Matrix movie. Yeah, but then he got put back in at the, after the end of the third. Yes, so but wouldn't the, the pod the third, maybe have healed him? Shove some eyeballs back in, maybe. Yeah, he <laughs> got some other dude's eyes. Well, no, maybe your the the juice helps to you know help the you juice. regenerate. <laughs> We're making a lot of assumptions. The pod here. juice. <laughs> I, I felt that my approach was a little bit more logical. I mean, they've got a farm of a bunch of people they don't care about. Just mm. pluck some eyeballs out of some people and throw them into Neo's head. Right. Versus the juice will regenerate. Yes. <laughs> to keep the your life force up for as long as possible. No? no. Okay. No. So Ryan continues, finally, I know Josh refers to himself as an elder millennial. I have heard mixed start dates for that generation. Having been born in 1981, I have seen myself lumped into both Gen X and Gen Z slash millennials. However, 
Per Wikipedia, Mm. Gen X or Generation X is the demographic cohort following the baby boomers and preceding the millennials. Researchers and popular media use the mid to late 1960s as the starting birth years and the late 1970s to early 1980s as the ending birth years. Though the next sentence of the wiki uses a 1980 Jenner cutoff date. Okay. Wikipedia offers an alternative of the MTV generation or Gen X, which sounds better to me. However, there is a better option in my opinion. No, not Xennials or Xennials or whatever it's called. We are the Oregon Trail generation. Oh, that's funny. Come on. I know you guys talk about it all the time. My wife, born in 1980, and myself both identify with this label. The Xennial, Xennial, or Oregon Trail generation had an analog childhood and a digital young adulthood. I think this makes us But unique it's pre-internet. In that we grew up with both, and interestingly, we can identify with older and younger generations. This I like is a good it. point. You're going to now refer to yourself as the Oregon Trail generation? You love it so much, you bought a shirt about dysentery. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like it. I also bought that like stupid handheld. Hand yeah, exactly. It looks like it's on an uh, Apple IIe, which is how everyone played Oregon Trail in, in its purest form. Or a Tandy, form. right? No. No? Okay. Apple IIe. All right. With the, with the monochrome mm-hmm. green screen. That's the only color I've ever seen it in. <laughs> That's right. And the game is literally recreating that, that new game. So Wikipedia also notes that millennials were, let's see, researchers and popular media use the early 80s as starting birth years and mid 90s to early 2000s as ending birth years. The generation typically being defined as people born from 1981 to 1996. So the problem with Wikipedia is that they sometimes contradict each other. And with the generations, people are just all over the place. With I, don't, their claims. I don't know if anybody knows this, but it's actually very easy to edit a Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know this. <laughs> you know, they don't want and, you to know. And also, all it takes is a couple of other people to, quote unquote, peer review it, to cement it <laughs> into, into Wikipedia history. The, the good point, though, I think, and, and it is worth mentioning, and, and it is reinforced by the other article you, re- you, you referenced, Leah, from the email. Most millennials are the children of baby boomers and early Gen Xers. So, yeah. okay, like, okay, fine. However, millennials are often the parents of Generation Alpha. I don't even know that's a thing. The heck is Generation Alpha? I think our kids are Generation Alpha. What? They're not Gen Z. Hmm. They haven't fully formed their generational ideas yet. Hmm. Okay. All right. So Ryan says, last notes. I imagine those who would choose the banker profession in Oregon Trail would probably choose a 50 watt radio with a full legal <coughs> load amplifier for ease in quote unquote, the game of amateur radio. Maybe the farmer profession would equate to somebody doing soda and QRP. The 3X multiplier sounds similar to soda math. Maybe the carpenter profession aligns with POTA, where you still start out with more power, but your multiplier points and prestige 
is less. Yeah, once you start breaking things down into uh, Oregon Trail tactics, I get it. Yes. Very quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a good uh, Do you uh, grasp. concur with Ryan's assessment? Yeah, I can see that. Well done. Yeah. You, you are definitely a part of the same generation. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Ryan signs off. Cheers to you both, and thanks for all you do. Happy holidays and merry belated Christmas. I can say it, even though I'm an atheist. Ryan, KJ7KVT. All right. Thank you, Ryan. And yeah, this podcast is dropping on New Year's Eve. So happy New Year's to everybody. Yes. And Happy means, New Year's. That means the preparedness corner, you know, is hitting hitting hard. So people think about that before they start heavy drinking. And exactly. It's, it's going to be very helpful. It's the last cogent thought they'll have before they're... Really cemented in there mm-hmm. into the ether of your mind to be forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Before you start rolling blank tape. <laughs> and uh, Ryan had referenced an email he was forwarding, and I'm going to go ahead and read that. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. I have released the Morse Code Ninja course and practice test set as a series of podcasts this has been long requested please note that i don't have an android device to test this on if you run into problems please let me know the podcasts are a great option if you prefer to have audio files on your mobile or portable device they benefit from downloading content as needed being available offline remembering where you left off and not having to copy files to your device manually this is all good points the morse code ninja podcasts are private so you will not find them on Apple Podcast Catalog, Google Podcast Library, or other podcast networks. What? You will need to use the URLs below. They may be officially published at a later date. Well, maybe we uh, don't want to post those on our show notes. Yeah, maybe you go. So I don't want to undermine what Kurt is trying to accomplish. Yeah, if he doesn't want them out in the public, literally, if we post it, we're like out in the public. Yes. So. Well, uh, one, he has a YouTube channel. He might be mentioning this on his YouTube channel. Yes. So maybe you go to the links off of his YouTube channel. See if that's there. Yeah. Or I'm assuming he has a website. And I'll I'll probably have him on in the future and, and we okay. can talk about it. All right. Thank you so much, Ryan. We, uh, we definitely want to support Morse Code Ninja. That's uh, Kurt over there. So thank mm-hmm. you. The next email is titled, Yes, There is a Ham Question in Here. Okay. And this is from Jack. Hello, Leah and Josh. I hope you and your family had a great Christmas. I know we did, especially when when I opened up the beans my wife ordered me. Oh, very nice. I also got a can of Cougar Gold from a friend who came for Christmas. Wow. And yes, the Cougar Gold is wonderful. Yes, the Cougar Gold is wonderful. It is very good. I was also told I have an extra HRCCC pint. Why did I add an extra C? <laughs> That's HRCC pint class that didn't make it yet. Can't wait to fill it. You, Jack, you had such an HRCC Christmas. Yeah, that's cool. That's fantastic. That's like feel, all the things. I feel like we were there with you. I hope you enjoyed your York peppermint patties and yeah. your ice cream cake after your yeah. holiday celebration or your festivus uh, meal. And that you had an all-out argument over the MCU. <laughs> and where the poop goes. Yeah. Especially where the poop goes. Right. Jack continues, now... To ham radio. I'm looking into the possibilities of a crossband repeater radio. Okay. I have looked briefly at the Anytone AT578. 
and also the ICOM 2730. At first, the AT578 looked like an inexpensive option, but the new model took a price jump. Mm. The ICOM 2730 says it will do crossband, but it's a hidden feature that you have to unlock. What do you, what do you mean? I did a video on it. There's a live stream. Also, it's a uh, Steve, hidden feature Steve, you have to unlock. It's not. Do you have to? You have to hold a the button down. And you got to hold the button down to okay. turn the radio on. Yeah, <laughs> you got to do a fetch quest. Bring me a puppy. <laughs> Feed me a cat. You have Somebody's to have enough, know what that's a reference to. Yeah, you have to have enough XP to get. Yeah, yeah. you got to go. <laughs> why would you why hide I, that? Why am I taking quests from a radio? <laughs> you must cut the coax of a Yesu user. <laughs> I've identified several Yesu users on your mini map. Hit M to display. <laughs> like what? <laughs> This is nefarious, I come. I have a heads-up display now. What the <laughs> hell? I have hit points. <laughs> what happens if you lose all your hearts, though? Well, I mean, I'm assuming that's just blood. What? Oh, no. <laughs> it's the the bar of blood. That's how many hit points you have. All right. It's like, now I got a mana bar? What, what do I do with that? <laughs> well, you've got to choose your class. Oh, right. Of course. Yes. You got to roll your character. Yeah. <laughs> the radio spits out some D6s. A 20 sided dice appears on the display. You don't roll your character with 20 sided dice. All right. Well, you your attributes. About. No, you don't. What? You roll with D6s. All right. The 20 sides for rolling initiative and attacking. My mistake. I confused Get the out dice. Of here, you filthy casual. <laughs> Don't just don't besmirch the dice. <laughs> so what do you mean you have to unlock it? <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the original question. Now you got to hold down some buttons and turn it on. Again, I did a live stream like on, a cheat code. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to go up, up, the down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B. Where's the select? Suddenly you have a hundred watts. <laughs> I just unlocked HF on this. One. <laughs> Uh, Steve K5ATA has a fast video you can look up on crossband repeat, or you can go to my live stream and I'll show you how to set it up, how to use it, demonstrate it, etc. But do you have to do that every time you no. want to just once? Well, when you put it into crossband repeat mode, the how reason why there's a back, let me, let me explain. <laughs> there's a reason why there's like buttons you have to press to start it up, to put it into that mode. Because when it's in that mode, you're not going to do anything else with it. Like, it's going to do crossband repeat. It can't okay. do anything else. I see. It's now become a relay of RF versus just a radio. So okay. when when you go through the process to do this, you're making a decision. This is going to be a crossband repeater. You know, All so right. it, it's there's a reason. It, it, it makes sense. So in terms of the Anytone AT578 or the ICOM 2730, any input from you and your opinions would be great. If if you don't care about the DMR, go with the ICOM. Plus, the ICOM's going to be a lot easier to use. I, I use that any tone. DMR radios in general are kind of a pain. Wow. I, Take that, DMR. I just, they're, they've got clunky user interfaces. They're kind of clunky to drive. It's my personal opinion, my personal opinion. They're cheaper, though, and that's why a lot of people get them. Okay. So 
All right. Well, Jack signs off. Thanks for all you do. And have a safe and happy new year. Thank you. 73, Jack, K-E-8-T-C-M. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Jack. Uh, I hope that answers your question. That sounded like a resounding ICOM 2730. I, I just like that radio. It's it's easy to use. It's analog only. Uh, I appreciate that, but it's it's good. And a, a list of cheat codes incoming. <laughs> right. It's like a little move list. Where's the where's the D pad? Apparently, I have to do a quarter circle forward and then. <laughs> And then the the radio is supposed to say yoga teleport and move (laughs) across the shack. The next email reads, thank you for the laughs. And this is from Steven. Hey, guys, I'm a new ish ham. I first want to say that I love listening to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. I'm sure there's some smattering of ham related info in there somewhere. Somewhere. We'll find it. (laughs) But I tune in just to listen to Leia not be able to talk through the laughter. Oh, there's a lot of that in this podcast. True story. Also, for a product suggestion, I know it's an oldie, but you, how do you write S in Morse code? Me, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Or dit, dit, dit. (laughs) You 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 get it it? though, right? Yes. If, if Josh. It's like a people talking, like lines. Yes. And then it's me, colon. Uh-huh. Open quote dot 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 close yes. quote. Uh huh. I got it because it's written right in front of me. That's exactly how it's written. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to workshop this at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we or make it, two people Steven, talking. Mm-hmm. How do you like one person on the left, like an actual person with a th- like a thought, but like a voice bubble mm-hmm. says, "How do you say S in Morse code?" And then it shows the other person, and it's just a voice bubble, and it just says dot dot dot. Okay. That's not bad. Hey, Stephen, if we make this, you're getting one. Stephen signs off. Stephen, K-F-0-O-T-E. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for the idea, Stephen, and the kind words. We love that you listen. Thank, Thank you. you. The next email is titled Last Week's Podcast, and this is from Volunteer Podcast co-producer Rob. Okay. Hey, Josh and Leah, here are some comments about last week's podcast which was very informative and entertaining as always. Oh, I do have a correction. I'm waiting for somebody to call me out on it, but I will correct it. Thank you. Rob might. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thank you for the enormous amount of time you spend making, editing, and uploading the podcast. It's the making it that takes the time. The editing's not so bad. I've really streamlined that. Yeah, I'm good at streamlining processes. Yeah, but just screwed the pooch last week. (laughs) Yeah, no, that didn't work out at all. Josh can play the audio now. Welcome to the Adventures of the Podcast Co-Producers. This is your host, Cameron. We pick up the action with Nathan, Rob, and me talking on the top secret digital channel. Oh, there's So a what did you guys channel. think of last week's podcast? Last week's it started Cameron like we were in the podcast. twilight zone. <laughs> so, uh, we went over to Discord. I think that's really funny. Uh, that's really funny. That is great. He got Leia talking about one of her All these different things happened on the podcast, although there was a little bit of an issue at the beginning when it was first released. There was a little bit of discussion on Discord for the podcast and all that stuff. During the moon landing. But, uh, this was intentional, everybody. Don't just turn the podcast off. 
You know, I, I just want to know when that happened. If anybody who listens to the podcast on 2X. <laughs> God, oh, my God. Their head exploded. It was like just, a scene from Scanners. <laughs> and they're just. <laughs> <laughs> Twice the info, half the time. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? I, well, well done, guys. I can see the future now. But since we were talking about the moon rover, did you hear about the James Webb Space Telescope? Uh, yes, but I will say for everybody who doesn't understand that reference, because okay. I deleted the podcast yes. after I fixed it, I went to bed thinking, I am going to be able to sleep in tomorrow. I felt <laughs> really good about life. Feeling good, feeling fine. And then Leia goes, Josh! And it was 7.05 a.m., Thank goodness for everybody who listens right when it drops. And there's there's something wrong with the podcast. And I'm like, what? That's impossible. <laughs> I am flawless. And so I played it. And it's just kind of everybody on top of each other. And I'm like, oh, my God. And the worst part about that is oftentimes what I'll do is I'll just leave the laptop alone. Mm-hmm. I'll edit it and I'll leave it open yeah. and I'll just close it, shut it down. So all the files are still there. I can go quick, make a quick edit or whatever. But for some reason I could, I closed it all down and killed it. I had to re-edit the podcast, <laughs> re-render it, do the whole thing and upload it. So I got it sorted out. I don't know how fast I did it. I should have timed myself. Um, but yeah, it went back up and then I couldn't go back to sleep. So then I was just up. <laughs> and you haven't slept since. <laughs> I haven't slept since, which sounds about right. <laughs> No, I, I, I feel pretty good today. I slept last yeah. night. Yeah, it was good. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you for the, the Avengers. That was very good. <laughs> Podcast co-producers group. This is a, a fantastic digital mode that you're using <laughs> to, to communicate. Yes. Okay. So the James Webb. Yes. Uh, James Webb launched Christmas. Mm-hmm. Did not fail at that time. And I'm not then, worried about the launch. Yeah. And then... We launched lots of things into space. But there's like a window of time, right? For it to get from where it is into its final orbiting position. Which is quite far. Right. Isn't It's like 21 days, I think, to get there. Yeah. And, uh, and if anything goes wrong between now and then, that 20-year investment just, of time and money... Rock. Yeah, it's done because mm-hmm. based on the way it's built, it cannot be repaired. They can't just no. send somebody Unlike out. Unlike Hubble, which yes. was in low Earth orbit, which they had the space shuttle at the time. Mm-hmm. By the way, we don't have anything really to go up there and fix it now regardless if it was low Earth orbit or not. Mm-hmm. The The shuttle could do that because the shuttle had the manipulator arm that it could go into orbit and grasp it and then make the changes that they needed to. Which, by the way, was a Herculean task to begin with because they had to do a lot of stuff um, to the reflector. In this case, no, it's done. This is a one-shot right. deal. What's really amazing is we actually got to it's see... It's a freaking transformer. Yes. It is a transformer in space. What I remember about it, we got to see it being worked on. Uh, like, we got to take the boys and they got to kind of see it, you know, parts of it, at least, anyways, being manufactured. And they are just these massive gold like they're the reflectors yeah right and then there was a video that showed how it's supposed to um like fully unfold it shows the whole process and getting into orbit it's based off of some engineer's (sighs) experience with origami that's just the uh sunshade 
I, oh. I mean, that might also uh, be a part of the reflectors. The reflector folding out is more of a straightforward process. Mm-hmm. It's a hexagonal grid of hexagons. Mm-hmm. A hexagonal and, grid of hexagons. I Checks mean, out. Yeah. <laughs> but the sun shield is like five separate layers that have to unroll yes. and then be separated and tensioned. Right. There's like hundreds of pieces that all have to move in concert to make this thing go into the thing that it's supposed to do. And what blows my mind about that is I've done origami. I know you can really F up a complicated (laughs) fold of origami coming out. Yeah. Even even being experienced Mm -hmm. in origami and then actually like something that you've made over and over again. And this material, I believe, is thinner than paper. Yeah, it's so nuts. it's going to be... I just don't even understand. Mm-hmm. 20 years working on the James Webb. Yep, to just blast it off. Blast it and no way to fix. Yeah, no way. It's done. I have no idea how much it even costs. I don't want to know. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I don't want to know. My wallet hurts. Yeah. <laughs> that's every, oh, right in the taxes. <laughs> everybody's collective wallets are like... Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> is there, can we like, could you like blow it up from space at least so you can see something cool? Nope. It's like so far away from us. Well, Rob signs off. By the way, the ARRL still has not corrected the spelling oh. of amateur on their scholarship page. You know, Rob, I, I deeply appreciate these captain logs that you have sent of the... Captain's log. <laughs> The ARRL still does not know how to spell the first word in their name. <laughs> Let, now I just feel keep bad. On, I have to say something. Keep on keeping on. Say nothing, Josh. <laughs> so when they ask me, I was like, why don't you say something? It's my wife, man. <laughs> we said something every week. We had someone. <laughs> So thank you very much, Rob, for the volunteer co-producing, the audio jokes, and the continued monitoring of the ARRL's lack of spelling ability. And I will say a big thank you. He he did send us something for Christmas, and there was a note. He said that it was just for us, though. But uh, he sent the documentary for Apollo 11. So I want to watch cool. it right now. Thank you so much, Okay, Rob. we're going to stop the podcast and watch yeah. it now, like I said. <laughs> yeah. and then we'll watch The Expanse, because we're going to catch yeah. up on episodes of that, too. So bye, everybody. <laughs> Rob says, Happy New Year, Rob. K5, DCQ. Thank you. And I always love hearing from Cameron, too. So much appreciated. The next email is titled, Clean Up Aisle 4 and Antenna Questions. Oh, Rob didn't catch it. Or maybe he did. He just didn't email it. The mistake I made last uh, last week was about the Heaven's Gate cult. They didn't kill themselves wearing Keds. They killed themselves wearing Nikes. There's the correct. Oh, I thought you were going to say they killed themselves with the Keds. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they wow. They shoot each other to death. <laughs> So why do you associate kids with cults then? I found out it was because of uh, Saturday Night Live did a a fake (laughs) shoe commercial about kids that they have pulled down. I must have watched the it misinformation that you have like spread. the fake news that went in my brain and and propagated there. Like I perpetuated fake news. I besperched kids. Wow, they didn't deserve it. They didn't. I mean. They don't deserve much of anything, but. 
I like cats. They're very comfortable. Now I'm going to go buy a pair of cats. Oh, my God. I feel so bad to what you've done to them. (laughs) All right. Well, Chris writes, Hi, Josh and Leia. It's been a few months since I've written in, and I wanted to clean up a couple of things before my questions. Okay. Scarlet Witch versus Doctor Strange. And if you remember... Chris believes that Doctor Strange reigns supreme. I think Doctor Strange could probably beat the Scarlet Witch. I took your advice and I checked out Fact Fiend and watched some of the in-depth info on Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. I hope you really enjoyed Fact Fiend. Fact Fiend is great. He is funny. He is knowledgeable and just so well-researched mm-hmm. in the most... Esoteric of things. Totally useless Yeah, super. Information. That guy is like the dude you bring to a bar. For quiz night. Actually, he's that guy (laughs) for comic book (laughs) stuff. She seems to be the most powerful Avenger, Chris admits, but not the best. Oh, okay. I mean, I think we've already established Tony Stark, all right? Mm -hmm. In the cons part of their video, there was only one item, mental stability. Because she's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. They like did her really she, dirty with her kids. Um, she, that's a whole, like the way they did it in WandaVision, she, that's not really the problem. The comic book is way worse. Oh, I mean, it's a big problem that she lost her mind and then co opted the reality of an entire town in the middle of nowhere. A little bit. I think that is mentally unstable. A little bit, yeah. I'll stick with Doctor Strange. Thank you very much. I mean, Doctor Strange does live the same day over and over again, relentlessly. To that was in to... What If, though. Sure. So are That's we saying... That's not real. Okay. That's not canon. The whole thing is not real. Correct. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure you knew. What do you mean? Like real in the sense of like us? Yeah. Yeah, no, I know, but... You're it's, saying it's not canon. It's not canon. It's not like MCU canon. Well, I mean, but Doctor Strange... Oh, no, I'm sorry. ...does, in fact, I, I'm, live I'm over the... I'm So, in Doctor Strange, his fight with Dormammu, yes, he, he lived many, many lives, and then he also did the thing in Infinity War. Yes. Um, all that stuff. So, yeah, that is true. That is true. That is true mental fortitude. You, you should go see What If, though, because that's him fighting himself. It's pretty wild. All right. I do like Doctor Strange. He's yeah. a doctor. And he's a ferret. <laughs> Those are illegal in California. That's right. Yeah. Chris continues, holiday season beverages, wassail. Yeah. It's spelled W-A-S-S-E-L. Is that the same as wassail? Mm-hmm. Okay. There are many different recipes, uh, many different but similar recipes, and all are great. Just add a bit of Jack Daniels, Apple Jack, or Winter Jack. Makes the house smell great as it simmers on the stovetop. Wait, if you simmer the alcohol... Doesn't the alcohol go away? (laughs) Why is the rum gone? (laughs) Yes. Not allergic to bees, but horribly reactive to poison ivy and other plants in the same family. Not sure if you guys have these types of plants on the West Coast, but I can assure you that they originate from the darkest depths of Mordor. We do have... We have a ton of poison ivy. Mm -hmm. There's actually... There was a park down the street from uh, Josh's mom's uh, place in the Central Coast. And it's like a wonderful park, but we couldn't go because the poison ivy had gotten overgrown. It took over. It was on the swings and the teeter-totter having a great... Living its best life. (laughs) Just waiting to poison someone. (laughs) 
Pretty pretty much imagine like California is so big. If you took it and like overlap the East Coast with it, pretty much anything going on over there is happening over here. It's in some area. It's not every area. And we have a lot of desert, but still it's like. But also probably worse. In some cases. Because a lot of things are just, it's, it is literally the Wild West. (laughs) Yeah. Because they don't, because out here, there's no borders that they have to respect. Yep. There's no state borders. Yes. <laughs> the, the poison ivy's like, oh no, that's Vermont. We can't Mm-mm. go there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> they right. don't take kindly to our parts there. <laughs> they Very don't take kindly to us in, in those, those parts. parts. <laughs> Not our parts. <laughs> they don't take kindly they also to our don't parts. Like, they also don't like the poison ivy parts. There. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's, it's it fine. worked. It worked. Yeah. Chris continues very important to know how to identify these beasts from the darkness for poda and soda folks for those who have never had the pleasure if the oils from these plants are allowed to remain on exposed skin for any length of time prepare for a long week or so of horrible itching rashes and sometimes blisters Mm -hmm. so that's one of the reasons when uh, we take the kids hiking or really long sleeve, anybody long, goes, pants, long sleeve and yeah. boots that go above your ankles. Yeah. Solves many problems. And then wash that crap when you get home. Yes. It's so sneaky and insidious that it can find its way to your skin through contact on your dog's coat and then to you when you pet your faithful friend. I've even heard stories of people ending up hospitalized after unknowingly getting smoke in their lungs from brush fire that, you guessed it, contained the fiendish plant. Yeah, I've heard that. You know, what's worse about that, too, is the oils last for a very long time. That's why I mentioned the laundering. Mm -hmm. You could have dirty clothes that interact with other clothes. And if you don't, like, do a full hot water, like, wash cycle, sometimes it can survive even that. Like, it's very pernicious stuff. Yeah, you don't want to mess with it. We have always lived by the moniker, leaves of three, let it be. Yep. That's good tips, good tips. Now for the ham questions. First of all, as a technician, I wanted to take advantage of the 10 meter privileges we are afforded. Good. And have been checking frequently for any activity on the band. Finally, a couple of months ago, I picked up a guy calling specifically for a contact on 10 meters. Cool. My first HF contact and I got hooked. On December 4th, I passed my general exam, and for me personally, HF is where it's at. Oh, that was too loud. Okay. Congratulations, Chris. I had to adjust Rob. He was too too low. Yeah. <laughs> I had to adjust it. Keep at it, Leia. HF is so much fun. I immediately sold some toys to buy new toys. That's the way it's done. What? <laughs> Gone is an old motorcycle, and I now have an ICOM 7300 and a 7100 for mobile. Nice. That's not bad. Well, yeah. That's a good swap. That's a good, that's a good trade. That's better than a paperclip for, I don't know. What? <laughs> David Dubrex Tesla? Yeah, no. That, um, that girl who was doing the paperclip thing, she had seen the old red paperclip series mm-hmm. and was inspired so she started doing a paperclip tiktok and she traded her way all the way up to an eighty thousand dollar home what yes from a paperclip what was really weird is that somebody was willing to trade like something that was worth like forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars for a chipotle celebrity card what's a chipotle celebrity card 
like for a whole year, you can have as much Chipotle as you want. How much is that worth? I think they valued it at like 18000 Okay. But how much Chipotle can you eat? Like, <laughs> that's so weird to me. I love Chipotle. Chipotle is my life. I think she also traded a Peloton bike for three tractors or something. <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't understand. This is all, it's all sus. But the last thing she traded to get that house mm-hmm. was an off-grid trailer. And the off-grid oh. trailer was awesome. Wow. It had um, solar panels on it. And it was originally used for a business. I think it was like a florist or something. So you know that the amount of electricity that was being generated to power refrigeration mm-hmm. in the in the unit must mm-hmm. have been pretty powerful. So that whole that whole thing I want to say <clears throat> was what she is that what she traded for the Chipotle celebrity card? Because then she makes the jump from that off grid trailer to the eighty thousand dollar house. Wow. Yeah. That's ridiculous. No, it's crazy. But yeah, I mean that's again. I'm just saying that that's better than trading a paperclip. <laughs> the motorcycle to the yeah. seventy three hundred and the seventy one hundred. Yeah, it works out. It's not going to kill you, you know. No. Yeah. And he said it was old. Sure. I also received some HRO gift certificates for Christmas. Chris says, and I need Josh's help with spending them. No problem. One, I'm looking for an HF antenna for the seventy one hundred which I would like to install in my F-150. I have looked at Breedlove for mounting options and like some of their bed options. Buy once, cry once. Budget 400 to 600 range for the antenna. Performance and durability are both important. So far, I've only really looked at Scorpion and Tar Heel brands. What say you? Those are the two brands that jumped in mind. The question I have is, I know that Tar Heel is sold at HRO. I don't know if Scorpion is sold at HRO. If you were to put them head to head, I would believe, and I have no, I have no reference to this because I haven't tested either one, that uh, the Scorpion would probably come out on top. Okay, but he has gift certificates for HRO. I understand. Yeah. So he's going to have to find something on the HRO website that has it, and then make sure you also include the tuning control for it because that's going to need to be included in that as well. So the second question reads, same for a compact car. What is a good compromise between performance and size? I'm not sure what mounting method to use. What would you suggest? Is there really anything that works reasonably well but isn't a behemoth? Uh, yeah, I have the, oh, God, I don't remember. the. the I have the, the wide base lip mount diamond antenna mount on my Leaf. And on that, I am running the Yesu Atos 120. You can use that antenna with other companies' radios. You just need the tuning control. In fact, that antenna is what Billy Bob uses from HRO on his 7300. Okay. So he's still using the Atos antenna. The Atos antenna is pretty good as long as you give it a good ground plane. And so that means you're likely going to go have to bond the doors and the hood and the trunk lid. Okay. Well, Chris signs off. Thanks. And 73, Chris, K-O-4-N-M-R. Thank you, Chris. Well, you got your license and a bunch of great stuff. Yeah. What a that's, great, great year for you. Great a, holiday. <laughs> the next email reads, K-8-M-R-D, update. K-murder. Okay. Oh, it's Mike? <laughs> no. 
It's an update. Oh, 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 from it's, the, okay. It's from uh, Don the RF yes. Field Tech. Great, 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 great. Good People day, People have been Hamily. waiting for this update. Yes. I did get out to K8MRD oh. and went RF hunting around his place. Unfortunately, the only thing I was able to find is that his antenna and feed line are exceptional. The best we could find is that he is surrounded on all four sides with power lines and his antenna runs parallel to said power lines. Yikes. He also has no footprint to move the antenna perpendicular to the power lines. I have some videos upcoming to include a maintenance video, something most hams don't think about. Don the RF Field Tech KE5DX. I think I told him to just put a DX commander in the front yard. He, had a, he has a bunch of space in the front yard. Oh. Because he didn't want to have the DX commander up that could fall onto the power lines. Mm-hmm. But he's got like a bunch of space in the front yard. He's just put up a DX commander, be done with it. Or All put right. up a flagpole antenna or something that, that is hidden. Well, thank you so much for that update. I'm sad that... Uh, I appreciate the, yeah. the update, though. We we all appreciate that. And Don, send us a link when your video's up, and we will share it in the show notes. Uh, the next email is titled, Thank you so much for the t-shirt. And this is from Jerome. If you uh, remember, Jerome is responsible for the Ham Radio Explained t-shirt idea. So uh-huh. he got one of those. So he got one. Jerome says, Just want to thank you for the Ham Radio Explained t-shirt. I'm a bit late writing because i've had it for a little bit already (laughs) don't worry about it not a problem just this week i finally had the time to build my first antenna a 40 meter dipole and set up my new shagu g90 no questions just wanted to share because i'm excited we are excited for you i am excited (laughs) anyhow i was listening to the podcast qrp crash course episode (laughs) And someone had an idea for an ACDC shirt. Well, I think I may have come up with a design for him that I hope he would like. Please see the picture attached. And it is uh, a picture of a box that says AC with a plug. And it goes to a DC. Oh, interesting. And then it goes down to a radio that says RF to an antenna that says HF. All with the ACDC font. I might... That Switch might be the doable. RF with the HF. Okay. Personally, but I like uh, both. I like both of that. I all like right. all that. It was very good. Well, and we'll post the picture in the uh, the Discord ham, uh, HRCC podcast chat so you guys can see all the pictures. Yes. And that's where Leah will post pictures of our of our couple of days of my dad's too. Well, the if I end up making the shirt, I don't post the designs oh, of the shirt. Oh. Yeah. Oh, fine. Yeah. Uh, so if we end up making this one, oh, Jerome notes, if you make it, please send the shirt to him. I've already gotten two free shirts already. Whoa. <laughs> Jerome is in the Jerome Hall of might Fame. Be the Hall of Fame uh, yeah. merch creator. <laughs> All right. I well, didn't know there's anybody that had two. Yeah. Jerome signs off. Thanks, Jerome. VA3JKW. Well, uh, if we make this shirt, Jerome, you're not getting it. That's... <laughs> We will do as requested and send it on to the person who had the original ACDC uh, shirt idea. That's good. Your idea is good, though, Jerome. Yeah. Thank you, Jerome. You've yeah. got a real knack for shirt designing. Mm-hmm. The next email is titled HF Antenna Questions. And this is from Adam. Okay. Hi, guys. So here's the background info. I love HF operating. Me too. Whether it's DXing, contesting, or POTA, HF is where I spend most of my time. Mm -hmm. I currently have a 40-meter dipole, 40 
feet high and a 2015 10 beam 20 feet high, but going into a 40 foot tower soon. Wow. You've got like antenna goals. What do you need help from me? (laughs) And an 84 foot random wire. The end is about 70 feet high. Nice. (laughs) My best antenna for logging DX has been random wire. But now that I have an amp. You can't can't work DX on a random wire. Six. It's a joke. It's a joke. 600 watts. Mm. I'll need to build a bigger unun to run the higher wattage through. My question, I'm considering getting a DX commander. Okay. I'm assuming I, I get down decent some decent radials. Would you think I would see more DX performance out of that than my random wire? I know the DX commander is a vertical with a low takeoff angle, but it'll be at ground level and the random wire is going up 70 feet, almost straight up. So I'd assume it has a low takeoff angle too, but it's non-resonant. So there's that too. No problem spending the money for a DX commander, but if it won't give me the performance gain over the wire or even swapping the random wire for an NFET half wave, then I don't want to spend the time. Dang analysis paralysis. Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, Callum would be the better person to answer this. And by the way, you should probably send him an email. He may even want to make a video about it because he just got done making a video about a loop on the ground receiving antenna. Literally, a loop of wire that you have just laying on the ground as a receiving wire. Really cool video. He's going to do an update on it for performance. The question that I have is kind of twofold. I think that the DX Commander will perform better on transmit than your random wire will. Okay. The question is, is how will the DX Commander perform on receive versus the random wire? Hmm. That I'm not sure on. And honestly, HF is, is a big receive game. Having a good low noise floor and a very good uh, receiving antenna is what's going to give you the DX. Because if you can't hear it, you can't respond to it, right? And then you start talking about low takeoff angle, power amps, all that stuff. I think that the DX Commander will probably do better for you for transmit on that side because it's resonant. The question is, is which one's going to receive better? It, it wouldn't be surprising to me if the DX Commander received better than the random wire as well, but I don't know. So that's uh, something that you may you may want to run both and figure out how to do a diversity receive setup or something where you can you can listen to both receipts. Man, I almost want to say if you have somebody like you have a ham club or something local to you, if you could borrow somebody's DX commander to just do the test. They're pretty inexpensive. Okay. As far as HF antennas go, they're pretty inexpensive. All right. But Leia's still. giving me the eye like You don't, you just don't have to buy everything to try it, you know? I mean, there's a reason that these ham clubs um, are, are so great. Well, that's what I'm saying. You should probably just reach out to Callum and ask him because he's very honest about everything. Okay. You can talk to, I mean, literally the email that you just typed up, you can send to Callum and basically ask him the same question. I think he'll be very forthright with the information. Okay. Well, Adam signs off. Thanks for any suggestions. Your loyal 1X listener while welding at work. Adam oh, N0ZIB. I hope uh, you've got that steady hand if you... <laughs> If you happen to laugh during the podcast. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? (laughs) Thank you, Adam. All right. Thank you, Adam. Uh, Yeah. Sounds like you need to talk to Callum. Mm -hmm. 
The next email is titled, Suggested Revision to Your EMP Faraday Stuff. Okay. And this is from Greg. Hello, I think you should give an in-depth review of the Belka DX receiver and make it a part of your EMP disaster trash barrel kit. Hmm. The Belka is surprisingly good. I agree. That's it. Okay. Redo the video, Josh. Well, I mean, it's small enough that you can fit it into anything. Right. It's super tiny. Powers off of USB. It's very good to go. Um, the adding a secondary receiver is not a bad idea. Hmm. If that's the case, I'd probably swap it back and take the speaker back off of it and put the battery back on. Mm-hmm. The battery back has a much bigger battery, and then that way you can at least listen with headphones, and it would be super stealthy. All right. Yeah. Now the only downside is it won't do AM broadcast or FM broadcast commercial broadcast it does shortwave that's all it does i see Mm -hmm. well thank you so much for the suggestion greg we'll see if uh josh adds that to his show list thank you very much all right welcome back to day two i've got no witty update do you have day two day two of the podcast yes i was just reiterating that we are now on a second day of podcasting. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're crazy people. Uh, no witty updates for me, Leah. Anything happened? Oh, no. I've just been on a massive deep dive into whether or not I genuinely have ADHD. <laughs> Feels like you go to a professional to find that out. No, I go to YouTube. That's where I get all my information. <laughs> Is that like a step up down to the side of WebMD? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More reliable, honestly. You think so? I started with TikTok diagnosing me. That seems And bad. then I went to long-form videos to diagnose me. <laughs> I, I felt like I needed more time with my physician. Yes. <laughs> I just wasn't getting the uh, office hours that I needed, the attention. <laughs> so I went with the 10-minute the video. Yes. <laughs> instead of the three-minute TikTok. There is one ADHD... Uh, uh, I... I I'm hesitant to say vlogger because she's a vlog, but uh, content creator. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she, uh, I, when I go into a creator, I I watch a backlog. You know what I mean? Good. As you should. (laughs) (laughs) Always be doing that. And so uh, I saw a video where at, I think at one year she was celebrating 50,000 subs. Mm Mm-hmm. She is at the 1 million subs now. Whoa. Yes. That's impressive. It's so impressive. Over just talking about ADHD? So many of us have it. <laughs> and a million of us, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I like I said, I've got nothing really. Wait, to... I will say this. Yes, even yeah. if you don't have ADHD. Ah, uh-huh. you'll I think, think you will. I, yeah, one, you will once you're done. <laughs> but two, I think it's just good in terms of productivity tips. If you know, if you're somebody who is into the whole life hacking and things mm-hmm. like that. I agree. So. All right. Well, we're continuing on with the emails. Where are we at? Well, this next email reads Radio This Week Stories and Projects. Oh, okay. And this comes to us from Wes. Hey, Wes. Greeting fellow cult members. <laughs> we gotcha. Well, in this, but in this cult... We're all worshiping what brand of radio? (laughs) 
I, or is it's it just, just the, the RF? It's just the RF. Yeah. It's just we, we, we're we can't use any one It's radio. all around us. Right, all around and us. And it's inside of us. And inside of us. Yes. yes. <laughs> is it, oh, wait, is it the cult of the lamp? <laughs> the, no. It will, that is like the Satan. It will bring you illumination. <laughs> no. I'm building a whole cult around touch lamp. I know. If you want in, I've got Keds for you. <laughs> Keds, not not Nikes. Keds, that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, Wes says, I do not have any serious questions for this week's email. I hope that you guys had an amazing Christmas holiday and hope that 2022 is well for you. You know, I, I looked upon 2021 at the end of 2020 thinking, can't get any worse. <laughs> 2021 was bad for me. Oh, it's a very rough year for you. It was, yeah, it was, it was worse than, it was worse than 2020 for sure. Yeah. Well, your, your time crunch and it was kind of this like return to normalcy, but really not not normal because if you had kids, especially, or like anybody who was at risk, Mm -hmm. then there was this expectation of normalcy that you could not meet. Right. It was like people were just trying to like willpower their way back to normal. I was like, I will do this. And but then, then like a good none pers- of the ramifications yeah. really changed. Yeah. Well, I mean, a good percentage of the population did say I'm done working. <laughs> like, yeah. They're just like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Out. You know what? Yeah. I faced, I faced a pandemic and mm-hmm. decided that working is not for me. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, I went through that a lot and it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't, and I'll say, you know, yes, the YouTube puts uh, like a time strain on me and the podcast and all that stuff. But I do that because I enjoy it. Right. But the work stuff was just a lot. Brutal. It was yeah. all the technical stuff, more technical stuff than we've ever had before. The actual volume of work went up. Because there were less people working too, though. It was It was less people, but also there's just more work now. It's it's crazy. And so it's just all that plus dealing with the COVID and all that stuff. It's just it was absolutely draining. And I really did feel like we were peaking at normal. You know, like we were we were hitting a a state of I could do this for a pretty good amount of time. I think we've hit our stride Mm -hmm. and we're not sacrificing a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it was. Dun, 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 dun. schools are closing again not our school mm-hmm. but uh we are on edge about that because well, but we went through we went through delta Monday. in 2021 mm-hmm. we again in california right mass mandate mass, back. Man, mass mandate went away we were yeah. all back to normal and then boom delta close everything down again well not all parts of la i think there were certain cities that still mandated them what you know what i mean i'm saying me personally yeah. right anyway it, it just it was a lot i'm tired of it and i don't see it being any different in 2022 so woo, yeah i i do think and i'm gonna knock on wood i think it is gonna be better i think yeah i don't see any end to it I think it's gonna, I, become... I, it's gonna be pure spanish flu look at history it burnt out in three to four years there you go. I think it will be endemic. Pfizer saying 2024. I think that's too far. I, no, I'm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. You're a real pessimist about this. I am going to go into 2022. 
eyes I feel bright, like you've got much heart, farther. Heart full of hope. <laughs> I feel like you've got farther to fall. What is it? Clear, clear eyes. Open heart. I don't know. It's it's from Friday Night Lights. Oh, I don't know. Now no, I have to look it up. But now I, I I watched all of Friday Night Lights. Maybe maybe I'm a nihilist. I don't know. But it's like the more you hold hope, the farther... full hearts can't lose. Full hearts can't lose. Oh, jeez. That's where we're at. You've got so much farther to lose if you set those big plans. You know what I mean? I'm not making any plans. Because it's I'm all out of your control, hopeful. too. I'm it's, hopeful. Yeah, I got yeah, a yeah. bujo, uh, you know? The hope That's, thing. <laughs> got to let go of that hope, man. That's the first thing you got to let go. You just got to drop it. I start every day with hope. <laughs> I, I, I feel like that's always such a, um, and I know I'm sounding like a downer, but really it's very freeing when you stop hoping in things that are completely out of your control. I assume that everything's going to suck. And then when it turns out, no. okay, it's great. No, I, I, I don't <laughs> assume things are going to suck. I don't assume things are going to be great. I just assume that I'm going to be there. Like things are going to happen. I expect things to happen. And the sooner you stop, like. Oh, you've given up the illusion of control. Oh, is that is that yeah. that's probably the right way of saying it? Like, if, if you have no control in a lot of this stuff, I am like Sisyphus rolling, you are a rolling rock. that thing because you go in and I out just, of it too, which cracks me up. You're like, you dove in hard. You were like crazy wall, yeah. COVID stats. You had little red yarn going all over the place on your Facebook page, um, and I'm just like. Yeah, man, we're just going to react. We're just going to, we're going to do that. I'm like, no, I'm going to control the outcome for our family. <laughs> just adapt and overcome. Like, it's just, I like that now that you, you put it in. That's totally what it is. It's, yeah. <laughs> I have no control. No illusion of, of control. I am full of delusions. <laughs> I mean, I, there are many actions I can take based off of what is happening, but the happening part is beyond my control. So you know hoping I, either way is of no importance. I put a lot of effort into control. I, I, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know you. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I will one day get into like the the productivity and control journey. That's what productivity is. It's literally about like control and like knowing what you can let go and what you shouldn't. You should just sack up and do. <laughs> like that should be your next corner. We're gonna run out of corners. Second. <laughs> It's now just it's a, a circle. It's a hexagon. A circle is devoid of corners. That's just so you can do it now in many segments octagon. as you want. Now it's an octagon. Right. When we get into Dodecahedron. You and time management always, it's like a, every couple of years you're on a new kick. I am. I am. Because I start every year, full hearts, can't lose. Yeah. Full hearts. Dot planner. Yeah. What do they call those? What? The, the planner you got? The dots? Bujo. <laughs> what, yeah, but what is it's that? It's a bullet journal. <laughs> bullet journal. Okay, that's it. There you go, guys. New for 2021. It's the... <laughs> 2022, sorry. And you know what? For everybody who is into planners or has a partner that's into planners, it's just this endless seeking of the right planner until mm -hmm. you give up and realize you have to make your own planner. <laughs> that's... There's some truth in there. Yeah. <laughs> so stay tuned for the six-hour podcast when we add <laughs> time management and planning, which 
<laughs> As I said that, I hate myself. Seems, <laughs> seems, seems like ironic. a bad way to manage time. <laughs> All right, let's go with Wes. All right. Well, Wes says, I took a week off of work this week to play radio, listen to OM's fight over frequencies, and completely clean the interior of my farm truck. Busy week. Busy nice. week. You fit a lot into that week. Yeah. <laughs> I purchased this truck from another farmer who had not yet cleaned it in seven years. A farm truck? That's dirty. (laughs) Yeah, again, it depends on what they farm. It could just be mud, but it could be a lot worse. I burned up a shop vac cleaning this thing. It was like vacuuming sand off the beach. Crazy. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to let you in onto one of my favorite TikTok (laughs) accounts, okay? I want to say it's called like JT detailing or something. Mm -hmm. But if you just search auto detailing on TikTok, she's going to come up. She is the most amazing detailer. And she shows you how she details so that you can then detail Mm -hmm. your own car with these tips. Yeah. As long as you're willing to remove all of the seats from the car. (laughs) She's taken out like carpet. I've seen her do before. Yes. Yeah. And she packs a torque wrench. To like factory spec the 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 bolts back in for the car for the the seat she pulls out she's a nut and then when it's raining she's actually based out of Orange County mm-hmm. I I wanted to have her clean your car I was going to surprise you but then I found out that she doesn't give a set price for the details nor how she long says, she will spend yeah on it. she's like it takes however long it takes this is my hourly rate <laughs> and it's insane and you're you're on you're in for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> But when it's raining in Southern California, so she can't be out detailing cars, she then details her Doc Martens. <laughs> so you could be in for a boot cleaning, too. <laughs> I don't have boots. Well, no, I do. I have Chukas. Uh They're Keens, I think. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, I, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear about your shop vac. <laughs> your first shop vac. Yes. Hopefully you got a new, more powerful shop vac that didn't burn out. That can handle the sand. Wes continues. This week in radio news, I got my first serious DX contact. I've gotten to Mexico and Canada before, but I don't consider those to be serious DX, seeing that I'm in Louisiana. I made contact with a Brazilian station in northern Brazil this week. That's amazing. That's really far. I was pretty excited that my humble station got 5.9 plus 10 into Brazil. My antenna was an MFJ NFED half wave, once again proving to my fellow YARC members that the NFED half wave is the superior wire antenna. If you know, you know. <laughs> okay. Josh, I have the MFJ NFED half wave antenna and a CHA MCOM 2 NFED half wave antenna. Okay. And the cheaper MFJ antenna seems to outperform the nicer chameleon antenna. Same radio, same power, same position, a 20 foot sloper in a tree. Any thoughts on why that might be? Uh, so I, I, I don't know that the links of the wire are the same. Mm. And it's the NFED half wave is is generally a re, probably a resonant antenna on the frequencies that he's transmitting on versus the MCOM two requires a tuner. I see, I see. And I will generally say the resonant antennas will win. Okay. When it comes down to those kind of discussions. 
Wes continues, I have also added a 300-watt amplifier from the early 70s in my shack, cool. and it helps me get through a lot better than the 100 watts I was running. I was very impressed with the boost it gave me. I have spent a f- few evenings this week listening to late-night AM broadcast stations. I am always down for a nice government conspiracy theory to think about. <laughs> But the stuff that I heard on those broadcasts made me laugh. They were so crazy, but might be true. <laughs> yeah, there are some wacky shortwave stations out there. I saved them on my memory channel so nice. I could tune back and have a laugh. Josh, what's the craziest thing you've heard on the radio? Um, and and this isn't this isn't a, a, a slap at Christians. What I'm about to say, but there are some crazy on-air like televangelist types like extreme televangelist televangelist is the wrong word i don't know what the appropriate word is but they will get up on the radio and man they will go to town with some wild ideas um and pretty you know to to some folks it's it's pretty offensive like the things they say and you know they've got a a large listening audience a lot of people that that listen to it so a lot of that's kind of crazy when i stumble upon it um you know still coast to coast am AM 640 here in um, in Southern California, and you, you can get coast to coast wherever. Just go to their website. They have literally the craziest guests I've ever heard. You love. <laughs> I love that. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the heyday, I, I believe the heyday is over for coast to coast. I'm sorry to say Art Bell has passed. And, and even then, he kind of parted ways with coast to coast there towards the later part of his life. Yeah. Didn't but that he, was peak. He, he met a nice Filipino woman on ham radio. Mm-hmm. Rain. Yes, and then decided that to that was to it. Manila. Yeah, and that was that was uh, living that expat life. I think he ended up back in Pahrump, actually. Hey, how come when we talk about Americans who move to other countries, we call them expats, mm-hmm. but when people move from other countries into the U.S., we call them immigrants? Are they not also expats? I don't know, but you know what, expat, expatriate. Yeah, yeah. You can't be a patriot of another country? I don't know. But hmm. when you're speaking of someone who used to belong to your country. I see, I see. So okay. if a Russian immigrant, that person would probably be referred to as an expat huh. to a Russian. Okay. I'm guessing. It's context-based. Okay. So if an expat moves to, say, Costa Rica, mm-hmm. then Costa Ricans would call them immigrants? Yeah. Okay. To the to the to the welcoming country. Whatever the the word is for immigrant in Costa Rica. Yeah. Okay. All right. Or American. Okay. <laughs> or or Bob. Did you know I found out that if you do for student loans, you do income based repayment on your loans. If you decide to move to another country and earn all of your income foreign, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that the government can't touch that foreign earned income and then your loans go away in 25 or 27 years or something. So uh, doesn't that make you worry that a bunch of people are going to go get college degrees in the U.S. and then just leave for another country? Can you maintain your citizenship for that long? I I don't know. That would be my curiosity. I have no idea. Oh, that's curious. People just start going and living somewhere else for 25 years. Yeah. That seems like, I don't know. And so they would have gotten a free college education. 
Yeah, this this seems like a lot of work. I don't I, know that people are going to sign up to do this. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> go, please. Let's go. All right. Well, Wes says, while watching the Ham Radio Happy Hour, I heard Jason mention something about Steven Crowder, and you made a comment. I know that this is not a political show, so I won't get into all that, mm-hmm. but glad to see that you're aware of shows like that, and I can be a part of a like-minded group of freedom-loving people, even though y'all live in California. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have a friend who is an almond farmer, a farmer in Ripon, California. It's in the valley, so I'm told. I like to think she lives on an almond dairy and milks almonds for a living, but it's yeah. much different than that. I've included a link that exposes the truth behind almond dairies. Nut milking exposed on YouTube. I will drop that link in the show notes. I think I have already seen this video. <laughs> it, the commercial with the little almonds? Yeah. The field of almonds? The, oh, the free-range almonds? Yeah. yeah. So just so everybody understands... I was on Steven Crowder's brother's podcast. What is that now? <laughs> I, it's um, it was all ham radio related. Okay. It was just questions on ham radio and that kind of stuff, and that was the that was the topic of of the podcast. I had to look it up. You know, so last name's the same. Crowder. Okay. But uh, and first it's called Jordan. like not so loud with Crowder. No. <laughs> uh, an appropriate volume with Crowder. Quieter with Crowder. Socially acceptable with Crowder. No, it's called Inside Voices with Crowder. Vo- uh, that's actually I like that. I like that. I should I should reach out and tell them, like, hey man, have you thought about um, it's called the Gentleman Scoff Law podcast. Oh, okay. I remember when you were on it's this. Very yeah. um similar to the modern rogue yes. you know a little bit yeah, yeah so i was i was like yeah absolutely uh he's really big into go ruck okay and Checks the whole out. hiking rucking um thing where you wear heavy backpacks and go on really long hikes and do calisthenics and stuff like that. i remember you got a rucksack uh yeah but i've had the plates for you know a long time sure but, but I had you were really just carrying backpack. them around yeah i was just i just yeah, duct-taped you didn't even have a backpack <laughs> yeah i just duct taped them um yeah, I had a really bad backpack for it, but now it's much better. So anyway, that's the background on that. Okay. Well, Wes signs off, Josh. I look forward to building your belt and fang holster, but I need a pants size. Oh. You can message me privately on Discord, or you can announce it to the world if you are not chicken. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> um, I'm normally a 36, but I'm actually going down in pants sizes. You said going down, but your hands made the movement for wider. I just <laughs> used one hand. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't this have two in, hands. I know, but if you move your hand this way away from your body, it when I, when I wider. When I take my left hand and move to the left, that's down. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just one hand. <laughs> You're moving it away it's from your body. the <laughs> international down motion to the left. <laughs> These visual down descriptions are the so good for the pot. Down and to the left. <laughs> okay, well, Wes says, thanks, da. West 73. It's yeah, what, spelled D-A-A-A-H-H. West, West we got to we gotta chat. I'm going to send yeah. you a, a chat because I don't know what to do, right? Because it's like, it's not a belt that's going to go through a belt loop. Right. It's like a gun belt. Right. So I have to figure Just gonna out. Just going to sling on your waist. I don't, I've, I don't know. Hip, I've never owned hip slang. a Wild West type holster. So I don't know. You will also need a hat. How to size it up. You will need a cowboy hat in which you can 
put an antenna through it. All I have to say is <laughs> the invitation that I received for Orlando mentioned casual dressy. Okay, so listen to me. Does a okay. Baofeng <laughs> gun belt count? Maybe an ID-52. <laughs> in Florida. In Florida. Uh, so think about it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that what they meant was business casual on the dressier side. Mm-hmm. But I have no idea. I don't know what the dress code is at these festivations. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This is all new to me. I have to talk yeah. to some, some folks. Mm-hmm. Fine. And you know what? Ask Gordo. He's always I'm sure he's appropriately dressed. That's what I'm saying. He's going to be in a cat suit with a tuxedo. <laughs> Formal cat. Formal cat. <laughs> Casual, dressy. Yes. Cat. All right. Well, thank you so much, Wes, for uh, the update on your experience with the MFJ and Fed Halfway. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you love it. I, yeah. The next email is titled, thanks for a great 2021. Oh, that's, well, you're welcome. That's so nice. And this is from Mike. Hello, KI6NAZ and Ken, KN6NWZ. This is KE0VIM. 2021 was a fantastic ham radio year for me. And since the HRCC YouTube channel was my introduction to the hobby, and it continues to inspire me while active in it, I thought I'd take some time to share. Also, Josh, several weeks ago, you sang the praises of POTA and what its aggressive growth has done for ham radio, and I thought I'd offer my two cents as well. A little background first, though. It's a brief story, so I'll try to elaborate, because we're really not into this whole brevity thing. Right. (laughs) And this is a long email, okay? I usually try to scroll to the bottom to see who's, like, signed off. We don't know. And I, it went on for so long, I just had to guess. Is your name Mike? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I did scroll down. His name was Mike. Sometime in the fall of 2018. Oh, see, we're already going years back here. Okay. <laughs> I became ham curious. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call myself a prepper necessarily, but I had been noticing for several years that the world was changing in a way that wasn't for the better and my growing family needed to be heavier in self-reliance. Mm-hmm. Of course, I knew nothing about concepts like sky wave propagation or standing wave ratio back in those days. In fact, I wasn't even aware those concepts existed at all. There was so much to learn. I found a guy on YouTube who came up in a search for beginner's ham radio or something of the sort. I can't really describe for you the content, but in that video, now that I think about it, Mm -hmm. he was walking around a construction site, flashing his Baofeng and yammering on about something radio related, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Well, it must have worked because down the rabbit hole I went. Soon I was studying for my technician's license, eager to learn a new skill. Uh Unfortunately, the studying effort took a couple major hits early in 2019 not the least of which was my wife floating the idea to me that we should sell our house and most of our belongings, pull the kids out of school, and travel the country in an RV. Wow. I had merely asked her to research some places she'd like to visit in the summer for an extended vacation as we had recently acquired a used pop-up camper, and she came back to me with this. Quit That's my ex- job, homeschool the nine-year-old girl and the six-year-old boy, sell the house? Uh, 
why not? That's so, exactly when you need ham radio. Down another rabbit hole I went. Mm-hmm. That's a massive change. I just, that is a level of bravery I do not have. And confidence, I would say. Confidence. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Co- confidence in your marriage that you can live in an RV together for a long time. Confidence that your children are not going to ruin said RV in a way that is catastrophic. <laughs> right. Indeed. Yep. I mean, and just l- lots of uh, confidence in yourself that you can have everything that you need in an RV. Right. There's no way. Yeah. I couldn't. I've I've seen both of your ham shacks. Thank you. I yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. You, you moving into an RV, it would just And this is my RV. Yeah, exactly. You will follow in the family RV <laughs> yes. that I will sleep in. Yeah, this is this is the ham shack RV. <laughs> it's like one of those accordion buses. <laughs> You must never go in the back right? into dad's ham shack <laughs> trailer slash half of the bus. Meanwhile, Mike continues, as I was still working designing landscapes for a local nursery and starting the process of preparing the house for sale, I was carving out time here and there to study for my tech. Wow. I had found on the ARRL website that the Wichita Amateur Radio Club was testing on February 28th. Actually, the Air RRL site specified the date as February 28th. A tip to those studying for the test. Be sure to get the testing dates directly from the local club and not the ARRL website. Probably a good call. Around February 10th, I decided to check and make sure the date was correct. I went to the WARC website and found out they actually tested on the second Friday of every even month. That meant they had just tested on February 8th, a mere two days earlier. Uh, It wasn't February 28th, as stated on the ARRL website, but February 8th. The next test date was now April 12th, over 60 days away. Discouraged, I took a break for a couple of weeks from studying. It seems silly now looking back, but that new test date being two months away might as well have been an eternity Then a new thought occurred to me. If I had two more months to study, maybe I could take the general also. Ah, Very good. HF was definitely my interest, so I had planned on taking it at a later date anyway. Now, maybe I could pass both tests before things got really crazy moving out of the house. April 12th came, and I passed both tests at once much to the credit of the Wichita Amateur Radio Club. I got my call sign on the FCC website before I fell asleep that same night. Mm. K-E-0-V-I-M. I know it's it was 2019, but I think we should hit the button anyway. Yeah. Congratulations. 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 Belations. Belations. (laughs) Now, with a fresh license in hand, my advancement in the hobby was about to go nowhere fast. I was a landscape designer and it was spring. 
I would work through the end of June when I'd resign to focus full time on prepping the house for sale that summer. Not much time for playing radio in there. I did manage to score a transceiver in that time by mentioning to a mentor in my local IDPA club that I had just gotten my general ham license. Little did I know my friend Errol was N0Q0C. Mm-hmm. He proceeded to tell me that his mother had passed away a few years back and she was a ham also. Mm-hmm. She operated a Kenwood TS 440 and he had been trying to find it a good home. Oh, that is so nice. To my horror, he then asked me to name my price. I had literally done no research on how much a used HF transceiver would cost. I knew a, a new rig would be north of a thousand, but I had no idea where a used base station would fall under that. Nine hundred dollars, one hundred dollars, no what, idea. What Kenwood is it? A TS four forty. Oh, okay. The way he asked the question led me to believe he was going to sell his late mother's radio to me for whatever number came out of my mouth. To my recollection, I said something indicated I hadn't researched prices yet at all, but I was hoping to find a modest radio for around 350 He gave me a wink and said, that sounded like a good number. Errol said he'd also throw in the 50-foot feed line, the power source, and a 20-40-meter fan dipole. Everything I needed to get on the air. Later, I would learn I should easily have paid at least twice that amount of money. I had been giving him 100 rounds or so of spent 9mm brass after every IDPA match. Mm -hmm. So maybe he felt like he owed me a little. But probably he's an Elmer at heart helping out a new ham. I think the price you paid was fair to a little high. For the whole package, but, the the radio. But when you include everything else, then it was a, a good deal. Absolutely, yeah. That that's so nice of your friend. Mm-hmm. So the summer came, and we ended up putting our house on the market in mid September. We got a great offer and closed on October twenty fifth, two thousand nineteen. Officially homeless. <laughs> We owned a bunch of stuff in a storage unit and whatever we could fit in my 2001 F-150 and our pop-up camper. Cold weather then drove us down south to Oklahoma, where we found a one-ton Diwali pickup and then down to Woodville, Texas, where we found our 34-foot fifth-wheel toy hauler RV. With no time to spare, we drove back home for Thanksgiving and then... On to Phoenix, where we had prearranged to have 800 watts of solar panels installed along with four 100-amp-hour lithium-ion batteries, as well as a Victron inverter and a charge controller. No noise, Josh. Nice. With that completed, we were back home for Christmas, after which we'd start our first journey. We went back down to Woodville, Texas, where we had left our pop-up camper, cleaned it up, and sold it on a local Facebook buy-sell trade. We also worked feverishly settling into the new camper and making modifications needed to live in it full time. With all of this done, we were ready to take off and officially travel full time on March 1st, 2020. Life was good for about two weeks. I was going to say, geez. Yikes, what a ter- Was it terrible or great timing? I mean, the roads are yours, but at some point it probably got pretty rough. I don't know. It might have been like the perfect time to start an RV. Adventure. I don't know. Well, let him continue. Having traveled the western half of 
southern Louisiana, and having seen a couple of beaches and staying for a week at a wildlife refuge and gun range, we were contacted by the state park system. They let us know that we would no longer want our reservations at the state park ground, campground very new to, near to New Orleans as it was being converted into an infirmary. We were experiencing a major COVID-19 outbreak following Mardi Gras and graciously credited us double nights for use at a later date with no expiration. We said thanks and moved on to the east and found another wildlife management area with primitive campgrounds in southwest Georgia. For the price of a $14 quote-unquote hunting permit, we stayed there for a week to figure out what the hell this COVID thing was going to be, what we should do, and where we should go. Our whole time there, we never saw another living soul, save for a couple of chipmunks and a lone crawdad. Expert level social distancing. I'm going to stop here and hope that you train these chipmunks to run some wire for you. To put up that antenna, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was during this stay that I was able to finally break out the TS-440 and hoist the fan dipole up almost 50 feet into the tall Georgia pines. I made my first HF contact to Northeast Texas and felt like a million bucks. That's awesome. I was learning about parks on the air and was thinking how perfectly it would fit into our new lifestyle, completely unaware that I was in park K3760 and my first HF contact was accidentally as a POTA activator. That's funny. <laughs> Nicely done. As the COVID crisis grew that week, we decided to skip out on visiting friends in Florida and straight, head straight up to my dad's house in Southwest Virginia, where we stayed for three months. In that time, I began to dabble in HF a little bit more, and by field day 2020, I had amassed 11 whole contacts, including one to Brazil. Nice. Thanks, Helio. On field day, I did a little bit of searching and pouncing and got 22 more contacts. This is, uh, this is quite the journey through 2020. Mm -hmm. We traveled back to Kansas before heading up to Montana in October to work the sugar beet harvest, a temp, uh, popular temporary gig for RVers, then returned back to Kansas again to be with family for the holidays. That's pretty good. So like you can head out to Kansas in, in October and like harvest some beets for money as an RVer. That's, okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I imagine it's got to be kind of hard making money on the road, right? So. And I'm sure that was not easy work. But how fun would it be to just meet up with a bunch of RVers and then you like go out, you work in the fields, then like at night, I guess you party or something? During COVID? Oh, yikes. <laughs> so you socially distance? You just yell at each other? Yeah. And you're hey, like, I'm drinking a beer. Yeah, all right. I'm also drinking a beer. <laughs> I've got moonshine. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Beat shine. Yeah. Mike continues along the way. I had learned more about POTA. Thanks K8 MRD and activated a park in Kentucky three in Kansas and had one failed activation in North Dakota. All told, after earning my license in April of 2019, I wrapped up 2020 with only 161 contacts in the log. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's yeah. Still good. The new lifestyle had severely hampered my experience and growth as a ham. 
but that was about to change. We were now settled into RVing and our 2021 journey was getting planned out. It became clear at that time that Poto would play an enormous part in my ham growth as we would spend the year traveling the rugged, mountainous terrain of the American West. In fact, in 2021, my logbook would grow from 161 contacts to over, guess how many? Guess how many? It's a big number. It's good. 545. 2,500. <laughs> Almost exclusively due to POTA activation. Wow. I successfully activated 13 national parks, including Carlsbad Caverns, Guadalupe Mountain, White Sands, Grand Canyon, Zion, Bryce Canyon, Capitol Reef, Glacier, Yellowstone, Grand Tetons, Badlands, Rocky Mountain, and Great Sand Dunes, as well as the dinosaur and craters of the Moon National Monuments. Wow. That's amazing. That's cool. I also activated several national forests, grasslands, and recreational areas for a total of 37 activations. I found I love activating anything with the word national in it. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I found I love the challenge of seeing who has the most contacts at that park and then trying to beat it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's that's why it's there. It's good competition. It's fun. You know, I mean, it's the whole basis of why there's trivia games at restaurants. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, I mean, but but I mean, that's something that ham radio needs. Right. Because, you know, to be a, a, a big a big baller contest station, you got to have like a ton of money. But if you just, you know, think of POTA, you don't need a ton of gear to do POTA effectively. And so it's great. It's, it's a really good competitive... It's already giving you the height in most cases. Right. And it, it's it's just, it's it's great. Yeah. Everything we've said about it is is all true. There's there's no lie when I say POTA is, is definitely revitalizing the hobby. Mike says, neither of these things earn any awards or certificates in POTA, but who cares? This is what gets me packing up my equipment to go out into the field, set up, and hit the PTT. I can't say enough kind words about the folks at POTA and how their program has impacted my growth in this hobby and how it continues to spur my interest to try different bands and modes. Mm -hmm. It's also inspired me to go out and have so many great experiences. I operated mere feet from the south rim of Grand Canyon at sunset for a late shift activation. K8MRD was second in my log on that one, by the way. I got an amazing experience. I I got to experience an amazing starry night at Bryce Canyon after finishing that activation. I gained experience experience working a steady pileup at Craters of the Moon, getting 171 contacts in three hours. Wow. That's very impressive. That's good. I activated Glacier National Park at sunset on top of the Continental Divide at Logan Pass. I got to witness the White Dome geyser erupting in Yellowstone multiple times while activating nearby. At Badlands, three bison brushed right by my truck, and I mean right by it, while I ran FT8 inside. I also bagged KI6 NAZ on FT8 while activating Capitol Reef Gateway National Recreation Area. That's cool. Literally none of this happens without POTA. Without POTA, my log is likely just over 200 contacts today. Without POTA, I would have learned little about the bans and propagation in the last 12 months. Without POTA, I don't have goals for 2022, like joining the Long Island CW Club, learning how to work satellites, learning JS8 Call, and WinLink. 
but these are my goals now. And I'll also be trying to activate from all 50 states by the end of 2025. You're going to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's like your RV life. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) So Mike says, Josh, I thank them for all they have done and continue to do to grow the hobby. I also thank you and Leah for what you add to amateur radio. Thank you. Thank you. You got me hooked and do so much to keep me interested. Hopefully you noticed your influence in my goals for 2022. Thank Mm -hmm. you both for the effort you put into the podcast as well. On one travel day in particular, we moved from Quartzsite, Arizona to Lake Havasu about an hour and a half trip when pulling the 16,000 pound toy hauler. Upon arrival to our new site, we realized the exhaust extension for the RV's built-in generator was no longer with us. To call this item a lifesaver is literally correct. Carbon monoxide emitted out the tailpipe at ground level will find its way into the RV. Mm-hmm. Trust me. The extension takes up the, the exhaust up and emits it above to the roof line where it does no harm. I had to drive back to the previous campsite where we figured we left it to retrieve that pipe. So after having packed up the RV, traveled for an hour and a half, and set back up at a new campsite, I now had an extra three-hour road trip ahead of me to go back. Oh, no. That's, yeah. (laughs) You only do that once. As I got settled into the driver's seat, my wife asked, got a good podcast you can listen to for three hours? (laughs) With a level of confidence that I think I caught her by a little surprise, I replied, I know, just the one. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, I found the pipe lying in the ditch with only minor damage. It had somehow blown out of the truck just a few miles into our trip. Well, I'm glad we could uh, be on that that pickup trip for you. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry you had to make it. Yeah. I hope it helped. Anyway, 2021 was a great one. And I thought you might like to hear how an amateur radio operator you've inspired has grown and how he is looking forward to the coming year. I pray that 2022 will be a terrific one for all in the NAS family. 73, Mike. K-E-0-V-I-M. All right, Mike. Thank you for that uh, story. That's great. And I know 2020 will be a great year for ham radio. 2022 will be a great year for ham radio. Yes. I I think anything, ham radio weathers all storms from my point of view. (laughs) It's it's fine. Oh, you think it's going to be great for ham radio because ham radio is great. Right. (laughs) It's going to be fine. Like it will continue to be fun. It will continue to do all the things. Um you know, surprisingly, 2021 was still a pretty good year for radio manufacturers. Or Everybody pretty much put something out except Kenwood, but they were kind of already on, not on the ropes, but, you know, busy with other things. So yeah, I, I think, again, POTA is where it's at, and COVID is redundant in regards to uh, right. POTA. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, or COVID does not affect POTA, POTA right? So, right. you know, it, it will all move forward and it will be good. Yeah, I think it's, I think we're almost done. That's You got that hope. <laughs> yeah. I can see it. Hope and control. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yep. Mike, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I hope you have very amazing and safe travels out there. And uh, you rack up another 2,500 activations. That's, no, contacts. <laughs> I think he said oh, 37 contacts, activ- yes. activations. Yeah. 2,500 contacts and 37 more activations. Yeah. 
All right. The next email reads grounding question. And this is from Adam. And Adam, as you know, is our resident Coogs fan Mm -hmm. and cheese smoker. Yes. Uh, Josh and Leah, on last week's podcast, Leah got a question about grounding. Please let me provide a couple examples of why things being properly grounded is very important from personal experience. This is like a rut row shaggy. Well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. A little over a year ago, when I upgraded to general, there was an antenna party at my house to put up my new-to-me Cushcraft R7 vertical antenna. Mm -hmm. Anyways, we got it put up, and later that evening, about six hours later, (laughs) I finally was getting around to hooking up the coax to my radio. I grabbed the end of the coax, and have you ever been hit by a stun gun? (laughs) I got lit up. What? Because it was isolated on the pole, it had gathered enough static electricity to provide a decent blast. Oh, wow. Another example is since my shack is on the opposite end of my house from AC service, I thought it would be good enough if I just sunk an extra ground rod for the shack and have that be it. Uh huh. Well, I was wrong. One day while fiddling around with stuff, I leaned over my radio to do something with the power supply one hand on the radio mm-hmm. and that same stun gun sensation was felt when I touched the power supply. Needless to say, a trip to the hardware store and enough wire to link the ground rods together and no more stun gun effect in my shack anymore. Wow. Okay. Okay. Man, so we- Adam, I'm so glad you're still with us. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> Just, instead of asking about uh, people who have nearly been hit by lightning, maybe I should have asked how many people have been shocked oh, there's, there's, by have radio? There's, there's probably a decent amount. The static thing's no joke. The yeah. wind blasting over the uh, the antenna will build up static. That's why you have grounding usually at the antenna. How often do people end up in the hospital with ham radio injuries? Mm, not that often. But statistically compared well, against the sample size, I don't know. It's a real stunner. okay i I know a lot of the ones that made news in ham radio are people who like fell off of their tower oh that checks out yeah and so safety on on tower climbing was very important uh the last couple of years well adam continues also i apologize i meant to get you another gift box and some other types of smoked cougar cheeses but then it would quickly I'm sorry, uh, but the highest temperatures that it has been here in the past week has been in the single digits on the positive side. It's okay. Yikes. That's not fun to get a, a smoker up to temp at that. That's difficult. Then Even would, if you're doing like yeah. low smoke, cold smoke. Then it would quickly retreat into the negatives. That's cold. Yeah. Stay, stay inside. No need, to, no need to smoke anything. But, you know, light yourself a fire. Get a hot beverage, hold it with both hands very close to your face, you know? <laughs> Become a Christmas card. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Leah, just to put that in reference, where we were this week, mm-hmm. that was like the lowest was in the 30s? No, uh, it 20s. was in the 20s. In the, yeah. low, in the low 20s. That's colder. Colder. Yes. Yeah, imagine that, but colder. You know what was crazy is that when we got back from Big Bear, mm-hmm. and it was probably it, This in drives the, me nuts about you and the kids. It was probably in the, what, like 50s when we got home? Yeah, it was like 56. Yeah. It felt colder. And we were all like shivering. My dad, My dad sets his thermostat to 67 degrees. Yes. In the Big Bear house. Yes. And outside it is 30 to the low 20s. 
We get home, our thermostat in our home is set to 70. And when it hits 70, you and the kids start like bundling up in blankets and you're all <laughs> shivering together. It's like, what is going on? It's, it's great. <laughs> And, and Big Bear, I was like walking out, you know what? I'm just not going to bring a jacket this time. <laughs> he just went out to walk the dog. <laughs> like, Who did? You? Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. <laughs> what a nut. It was totally fine. And then I got home indoors and I'm like, ah, this is hibernation weather. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> well, Adam says, needless... Oh, I mean, it is supposed to be a cold smoke, but that is slightly excessive. Needless to say, I saw 12 degrees a little bit ago, and that was good enough. I have three different cheeses smoking right now. Hopefully, I can get you some samples in the mail Monday to try. Thank you for thinking of us, Adam. That's wonderful. I just, every time I see a smoked cheese, I think of Adam. Yeah. That's, (laughs) hope all is well and the best of New Year's, Adam, W-A. 7 C-U-G. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. Thank you so much, Adam. And thank you for sharing your stories of uh, your shocking ham radio experience. <laughs> yeah, static's no joke. Gordo will I'm, tell you. I'm really glad you're okay. It, it's not like getting struck by lightning. It, it's a shock, but it's, it's not nearly that level. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, the next email is titled simply 2022. And this is from volunteer podcast co-producer Rob. All right. Hi, Leah and Josh. I have a few lingering questions. One, what are your ham radio goals for 2022? I think I already covered it. CW. Yes, you're going to learn. Oh, what, what are my goals? <laughs> I, um, I have been just listening to repeaters. You've been a little bit more radioactive yeah. on the ride home. You got on the radio right. or, or attempted to. Yeah. Simplex because, wasn't that hot. Because the radio is so awesome. I just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. You were you were playing around with the ID52, but then on the ride home also you were... I think, you know what, it is. Uh, I'm a much more visual person than I am an audio person. Yeah. So being able to see the scope mm-hmm. um, and also just for it to be able to pull up the local repeaters is great. So I guess my goal for 2022 is to get my general... And then uh, maybe become a regular on a, on a repeater. Just become a regular while I pop in. And uh, Well, you don't need your general to do that. I know. You can do that now. I mean, I'm going to get my... But I'm saying I'm probably going to try to get on more repeaters, become mm-hmm. a regular, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. make some friends on the air. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get you the, in front of the 705 too. That's got an even bigger screen. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So many screens. And two... Rob asks, who do you think will have the final email of the final podcast this year? Oh, My money is on Nate. Um, I'm not going to make any guesses because I already know who it is since I'm looking at my email. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But that is a good question because that's, you know, we're, we're wrapping it up for the year. Yeah, this is going to be the last email of uh, 2021. Rob signs off cheers and 73 Rob K5 DCQ. Thank you so much for your email, Rob. Uh, what are your ham radio goals for 2022? Let us know. You know what? Let us know uh, what your goals are and then like update us on how they're going. Yeah. The I year. mean, that could be yeah. to everybody, right? I mean, you know what it is, though? I, I'm always really cautious. Resolutions are tricky. You've heard that whole thing where like once you tell people what your great idea is, 
your brain starts to release chemicals as though you're actually doing the thing. Yes, all the serotonin and dopamine. That's why I try not to talk to people about my big plans, like plans I'm going to do videos. I don't really talk Mm -hmm. about that stuff because I feel like once I start doing that, my brain tricks me into not doing it. Right, right. So it's That's why I'm so cagey about things. Is that why? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Is that why? So that's why it's kind of like, yeah, whenever, whenever people really are passionate about their resolutions... I feel like you can almost say like, yeah, that, that person's probably not going to make it. Oh, you know what I mean? Cause it, yeah. it's like, you know, so in a lot of ways, like I love it. I love it. I, everybody you know, having goals is wonderful. Of, instead of setting like goals and resolutions, the, like in the productivity life hacking space, mm-hmm. what people are looking at uh, more is not looking at the goal, but the habits that will get you to the goal. I think that's sound because you you end up just like living your life week to week. Right. Because you you've got your things you do every week. And if you're if you're going to change something about it's your life, fit. it's got to fit in. Yeah, you've got to make the time for mm-hmm. it. So making it a habit, which is like a very small bite-sized thing you can do every day mm-hmm. or every week or however whatever frequency in which you want this thing to happen. Right. You got to plan it though. Yeah. You got to sit down and see where it fits. Mm -hmm. So, everybody, it's easy to say, I'm going to be, you know, proficient in Morse code in 2022. It's something I've been saying every year, right? But really, as a habit, that's, I'm going to practice Morse code every day for 15 minutes or something. That's right. And I'm just going to take a quick break to hop on Duolingo so I don't break my streak right now. Just kidding. (laughs) Oh, before the midnight hour hits? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We can pause if you need to. Yeah, I think we're going to pause. Okay. Okay, Leia took her little break there. A lot of emotion in that little break. You were very confident going into it, and then all of a sudden your phone died. <laughs> I, I completed the lesson, though, oh, before the oh, phone okay, died. Okay, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we, we can continue now. Very good. Yes. The next email is titled, Answer to Two Questions. I see that there's been some podcast producing going on behind the scenes here. Mm-hmm. And this email comes from volunteer podcast co-producer Nathan. Okay. To answer the questions from Rob, first question, 2022 ham goals. Perhaps I will do something extra. Ah. <laughs> that is possible. We will see. Another goal, I really need to get my NFED half wave higher up. Height mm-hmm. is might, so I might get it done. Second question, who will have the last email of the year? Someone who spells their name with letters. Could it be spelled N-A-T-H-A-N, perhaps? Could it be J-A-K-E? Maybe. Will it be F-R-E-D? I hope so. That would be the best. Catch you later, 73-K-1-M-A-Z, Nathan, from the snowless Vermont. Uh, maybe record a song right now. We will see. So what was interesting is I posted pictures of what the snow looked like uh, in Big Bear and multiple people who come from snowy areas noted that they didn't have snow Mm -hmm. or nowhere near that much snow where they were, including Nathan and Vermont. (laughs) And it's it's probably not that real fluffy dry snow as i like to oh it. such fluffy dry snow so cold but also dry oh so hard to make a snowman with fluffy snow you gotta pack the crap out of it you, it's just not gonna stick yeah you can't roll it it won't roll <laughs> actually i'm only used to snow like that so when i saw videos of people actually rolling a snowball and just rolling it bigger That's and bigger that and happened? bigger yeah it's a real thing 
I was like, where, where are they doing? How is this? What is this? Yeah, I, have I thought also, the cartoons were just lying to me. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, no, it's a thing. Wow. Maybe if we had gotten it a little bit wet and then rolled it. Could you imagine being that person? Yeah. <laughs> I just got to get the hose out. The snow is too pristine. I need damp snow. All right. Well, the next email is titled Helmets, and this is from Jake. Dear Josh and Leia, I was listening to the podcast and heard the idea about wearing a helmet during an earthquake. I think this is a spectacular idea and wanted to share a story about how wearing a helmet saved my life last week. Wow. Okay. Wow. I was doing some tree work in the campground of my local state park, and mm-hmm. we were felling several dead trees. I was standing underneath one, n- not the one we were actively working on. <laughs> I was taking a lunch break <laughs> under the tree that we were chopping down. <laughs> and a 10-foot branch fell. While I wasn't underneath the branch where it broke, it hit another tree mid-fall, causing it to change course and hit right on top of my head, breaking into dozens of smaller pieces. While this incident can be blamed on bad luck mostly, having the branch change course, one thing is for sure, I wouldn't be emailing you right now if I hadn't been wearing a properly certified and inspected helmet as earlier that day when inspecting my equipment i had noticed a crack in the plastic of my usual helmet prompting me to pick a different one for use. oh so good wow okay i that's fantastic good for you i mean that's a lesson and and you know we tell the kids all the time like for their biking and activities helmets uh that they wear that they cannot throw those things on the ground like they can't just be like Using them as weapons, they can't. Right, they can't be causing impact to the helmet. As yeah, as as less at least as possible. Yeah, exactly. So I'm so glad you checked your helmet. Yeah, that could have been deadly. Real bad. Yeah. yeah. Jake says, I know it's not the most exciting story, but I wanted to share. As an avid rock climber, I love the idea of using rock climbing helmets, but a construction hard hat might also be a good choice too. I bet the construction hard hats are cheaper than the climbing helmets. <laughs> Oh, I bet, but... But then how do, you, do, you, do they strap on? No. Climbing helmets do, though. Yeah. Could you add a strap to Yeah, a but then everybody helmet? makes fun of you. Wow. <laughs> I don't think the kids care. Oh, <laughs> it, well, yeah, for a home earthquake. No, it'll just yeah. be me <laughs> making fun of them. You're wearing a hard hat with a chin strap? <laughs> loser. Get out of your scab. <laughs> Don't call our children scabs. They're not in the union. <laughs> you don't let them unionize. I know God. that would be the worst thing we could do. What's happening? Don't give them any ideas. That's bad. <laughs> Jake I'm signs off. Busting cheese. <laughs> Get a big rat inflatable in front of the house. <laughs> they did it. Yeah. Or because we won't let them unionize. Yeah, exactly. And I'm trying to break up their their protest with a <laughs> wiffle ball bat. Oh, man. To bring back the wiffle ball bat. Goes, <laughs> going downhill real fast. <laughs> Jake signs off. Here's to a great 2022 73's Jake, K-O-4-J-U-Z. Thank you so much, Jake. That's uh, so glad you're okay. That's, that is a series of bad luck that was turned around by your diligence. Mm-hmm. You know, so here we go. It's time. It's the final email. 
I will say, this was a bit foreshadowed. It's a wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> the final email for the last podcast of 2021, or maybe like the last podcast ever. Are we still doing this in 2022? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Tune in next week. Comes from volunteer, podcast, co-producer, Nathan. Ah. Sappy song and coffee. To the lovers of boiled sap of a tree. That's us. We love maple syrup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, you know what I had for the first time mm. at your dad's was butter pecan syrup. Yes, it is wonderful. That is a delight. I love maple syrup. Mm-hmm. I love it. But it was always a big treat when I would go. I went to IHOP very infrequently as a child. I don't. I think I can count the number of times I've been to an IHOP on two hands. Yeah, I, I think so too. But um, this was like the only place that you know you'd go in there and they'd have the syrup containers on the table. For children, that's like amazing. This is just insane. That's like putting Why a whole carton of ice cream. Why have you given me some so much? Power. Why do I have so much control? The illusion <laughs> of control here is is palpable. And when I was a child, they used to have butter pecan syrup on the counter, and I didn't mess with that at all. But one day, because my dad was just diehard, he's ride or die butter pecan. Uh, apparently, yeah. And I, I'm like, Dad, is this, you know, is this good? Should I try it? And I try. Is it like, good, oh, my son? Son, <laughs> I have failed you by never exposing you to the joy. It is. Yeah, he he never recommended it. Like I I, wow. I like uh, boysenberry. Boysenberry is sure. a big thing out here because the yeah. Knott's Berry Farm. We always mm-hmm. get Mrs. Knott's boysenberry. Maple, of course, always a staple. But man, butter pecan is good. <laughs> it is really good. So smooth. And icon, uh, icon, IHOP, geez. <laughs> IHOP, uh, they stopped like putting it on the table. Like you had a Noah guy or something. And they brought out a <laughs> container from the back that had the butter pecan in it. Like what? It's like they save it for staff meal now. Well, the IHOP, you know, their, their strategic butter pecan reserves started running yeah. low. <laughs> I, IHOP specifically. And so they went up ration it a bit more. But man, it's good. It's good stuff. All right. Well, Nathan continues. Greetings. Yet another week has come and gone, and yet we remain. Still no snow where I live in southern Vermont. Josh faked me out with the photos and videos of all the snow, only to find out later you were not home at the time, but visiting family. Yeah, people legit thought we were in Cerritos. Like, (laughs) yo. The most picturesque. The polar polar ice caps inverted if Cerritos is. (laughs) That covered in snow. I think the most we get is hail. Yeah, but yeah. like split pea size hail. <laughs> it's not hail. Not hail chunks. It's just like real slow rain. Next, mm-hmm. Nathan says, I enjoyed Josh's video he filmed in the snow on the little QRP radio, the FX4C. If this has not been released on YouTube it for the hasn't. general public, it shall come very soon, I'm sure. I know you both have discussed James Hoffman on the podcast multiple times, but I must say that man knows coffee, but also has a great sense of humor. Just like the Super driest, dry. Like the very coffee British man dry yeah. humor. <laughs> he was a world, world champion barista. He did the that world champion out. barista how do you How do you earn that title? Dude, it's nuts. You've got a cold brew of coffee no, from you, hot water. You have to go through, you have to go through like, you have to make all the the standard barista drinks, and then you have to have a signature drink. What is the standard barista drinks? This is a, this is like a black a ca- coffee. This an is a half calf. This is a 
No, an like espresso. An, it's, it's all espresso shots, basically. This so, is an Americano. Right, espresso <laughs> pulls. You got to do a couple pulls of espresso, and I think you have to do like a latte, and you got to do some series. It's usually you got to like do four. a latte. <laughs> but here's the kick: it's you're not you're not tested or graded against just your drinks. It's also a presentation. You're ranked on your presentation. So skills. he's really good at coffee art. All the stuff, like I'll, I can. He he uploaded the video. Okay, you would be into it just of like the amount of work because you have to talk while you are per, while you are preparing the drink. You've got to you have to counsel talk. someone on their love life. No, no, no. That's, that's not a bar. <laughs> that's the cocktail. Oh, you've got to you've got to hear about somebody's work gripes. No, <laughs> no, not at all. You have to talk about why you picked this particular method to produce oh. this beverage and which beans you used what kind of grind you're using, why you like those beans, like go through the whole thing. You have to figure out the worst way to spell someone's name that is very simple. <laughs> right. And write it on the It's cup. Mark with a K. <laughs> Kark. <laughs> that is still my most favorite stupid Starbucks spelling. It's Mark with a K. That's what he, he said. My name is Mark with a K. And so they wrote Clark. <laughs> that is the previous winner of the best priest. <laughs> that was Starbucks version of it. It's how fat, th- that Starbucks one's pretty, pretty simple though. It, uh, it's three steps. It's, you, first step is who burns the crap out of the coffee the hardest. Uh, the fastest to warm up the sous vide egg. And then who can misspell this name the worst? Kark. James Hoffman is so enjoyable to watch, though. He is really like this calming presence, you know, Mm -hmm. which for me is like the opposite (laughs) of the high energy and anxiety experience. It's what you'd expect with coffee. Yeah. I I have to mention this just because it's, it's such an old, dumb story in our family, but it was so funny. My grandfather is named Chuck. (laughs) And they went to a shoe convention and they handed out the name tags and he put his on and he walked around the whole day, the first day. My mom looked down and goes, they spelled your name wrong. They spelled it cuck. Still like the best thing ever. So he walked around introducing himself as Chuck and everybody's looking at his name tag going, huh, that's interesting. No, you put that on a front street like that. That's <laughs> a little forward, don't you think, in the shoe convention? By the way, where's your wife? I'd like to talk to her. <laughs> Wild, man. <laughs> Just absolutely insane. Well, Nathan continues, one of the best was when he wore the fake hipster beard to test out the bribe. Also, yep. when he tests out things he knows he is not going to like, he has the best reactions. Almost like, why did I defile my mouth with this? <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty serious. I really appreciate it when he reviews an item and basically tells people not to buy this. He tests so you don't have to. I appreciated Josh's video where he made his morning coffee and did it the exact James Hoffman V60 decanter way. Kind of. I don't do it the exact way as James does it, but I have done some variations. I definitely like his spoon. A lot of people just do the shake, you know, they'll, they'll swirl. Yeah. I am very pro spoon. 
Yeah, you're you're big into stirring. Because you want to completely make sure that there are no dry pockets in the gra- in the grains when you uh, pour the water in. Okay. You want to make sure it's completely saturated with hot water. Okay. That's a very the important initial step. bloom. The initial bloom is very yeah. important. All right. We know way too much about coffee now. Mm-hmm. Nathan says, on to ham radio. I had some song time off, but I'm back at it. This week, my song is called Hooked on a Repeater, oh. a 70s classic. I the didn't song think is, say the title, but okay. The song is two minutes long for those who want to skip it. Also, warning to headphones users, it may start out loud. Okay, you I'm may play it, Josh, I'm if you please. Dock the volume and then walk it up. I can't stop this hobby Deeply part of me Thing you just don't realize What I do with you When I hold you In my palms so tight you let me go and PTT. Ah, I'm hooked on a repeater. So good to meet ya. I must go 73. There it is. I was waiting for that. Okay. Dials made of plastic. Be careful what you do. Bow, you got me longing for another. One of you <laughs> got a spurious submission, <laughs> but I don't need no cure. I'll just say my call sign, as I always do for sure. <laughs> All the good hams, when we're not at home, keep about thing. Yeah, you turn it on. I'm hooked on a repeater. It's nice to meet ya. Gotta go 73. I'm hooked on a repeater. It's nice to meet ya. Gotta go 73. I'm hooked on a repeater. It's nice to meet ya. Gotta go 73. Oh, he, he ducked himself. Yeah. You know that where it trails off? Yes. He did his own audio ducting. I didn't do that. That was that was perfect. Well done, Nathan. That's well hilarious. Done. Nicely done. That was funny. I was wondering where you were going with that because I only saw the title of it. I'm like, hooked. Oh, there's I, only one way. I mean, this I could I go. know the I know the song he was going to use, obviously, but then yeah. I was like, I didn't know how like the lyrics for it. That was that was very well done, Nathan. And it was well a Baofeng that that was yes, yeah, that was very good. <laughs> Nathan says, thank you. This is the most editing work I have put into any of my songs. I I could tell. But the editing was not at all extensive. Simple stuff. Lastly, last week, Josh suggested, since my songs are starting to pile up, perhaps a SoundCloud could be set up with it. Surprise, it exists now. Search Southern Vermont Ham Radio on SoundCloud and you can hear On Demand. That's (laughs) Good job, Nathan. I don't have all the songs on there yet, but at least four. I'm sure I will get... Tens of plays of my songs. (laughs) This is amazing. I got to I got to figure out. You you have cornered a musical niche nobody thought would exist. (laughs) Oh no, there's ham radio music videos. 
Not as good as Nathan's. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just exist. kidding. Everybody's ham radio. And, and literally the, the music video is uh, the the singer. He's on his tower. Oh. Singing from the tower. See. It's pretty. Nathan, the next step is music videos. As as MTV told us. He's going to go do good it Good singer songwriters are not enough. They must include videos. He's got to dance. Yes. You know, you could look up uh, Trisha Paytas. And <laughs> be careful with her Twitter, though. Yeah, be careful with all of it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't go to Trisha Paytas. It's a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> there are some explicit posts on that one. When the whole Ugh. Ethan thing hopped off, I was like, oh, she's on Twitter? Let me go. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, from H3. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, Nathan signs off. Thanks. As always, thank you for this podcast. You the best. And Josh is okay, too, I guess. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. And uh, thanks for wrapping up the emails and the end of the year here. Thank you, everybody. The Absolutely. entire year. I don't even know. I mean, I, I'm assuming Leah could look that up, but how many emails we got? I don't know that so I could. Many. Is Charlotte having a Charlotte dream is back having there? A, a doggy dream. <laughs> She's barking. <laughs> She's barking at the snow. You're so cold for no reason. There's nowhere for me to poop. There's no grass. Where's the grass? Where have you hidden the smells? <laughs> uh, it was so frustrating. Um, yeah, but seriously, everybody, your emails this year have just been amazing. We had so much fun. Um, Leia reading them, my answering them, and commenting so many diatribes and off ramps and all the fun stuff we did. We really do appreciate it. So thank you, we, everybody. We do. I mean, this uh, the email correspondence tower has been a joy all year long having this extended conversation over the course of many topics and arguments. It's like a weekly pen pal. Yes. <laughs> many, many pen pals. Yes. And it's been a lot of fun. So we appreciate it. All right. Well, Nathan signs off. 73K1MAZ. <coughs> Nathan, Southern Vermont. I'm going to take a break from writing emails to the podcast for the rest of the year. But okay. next year, I'll be back with more nonsense. <laughs> Enjoy okay, the good. respite. Very good. And there is a link to the SoundCloud, which I will obviously put in the show notes. Okay. Well, it must be apropos that we're wrapping up the year because... Leia, would you like to take a test? And you're actually wrapping up a test. Yeah. Today. I am on question 32 of 35. Oh boy. And uh you know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to pick up the extra two questions. No. Nope. I'm just going to yep. finish the test. That's it. I'm just yeah. wrap it up with the test. All right. This first question reads, when general class licensees are not permitted to use the entire voice portion of the band, which portion of the voice segment is generally available to them? A, the lower frequency end on frequencies below 7.3 megahertz and the upper end on frequencies above 14.150 megahertz. B, the upper frequency end on frequencies below 7.3 megahertz and the lower end on frequencies above 14.150 megahertz. Gee. C, the lower frequency end or D, the upper frequency end. I'm just going to go D, the upper frequency you got end. It. And I am correct. Those A and B ones made that way overcomplicated. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't even going to read them. Uh, generals is 7.175 and up is general mm -hmm. and 14.250. 14.225 is uh, where the general portion of the 20 meter band starts. All right. 
What is the combined vertical and horizontal polarization pattern of a multi-wavelength horizontal loop antenna? A, virtually omnidirectional with a lower peak vertical radiation angle than a dipole. B, a figure eight similar to a dipole. C, radiation maximum is straight up. Or D, four major loops with deep nulls. What's the question again? What is the combined vertical and horizontal polarization of a multi-wavelength horizontal loop antenna? I'm going to go with A, virtually omnidirectional with a lower peak vertical radiation angle than a dipole. And I'm right. Good. Thank you. Nailed it. Yeah. The next question reads, what is the power limit for beacon stations? A, 20 watts pep output. B, 100 watts pep output. C, 200 watts pep output, D, 100 watts pep output. I am going to go with C, 200 watts pep output. That's incorrect. Beacon stations are B, 100 watts pep output. Okay. I'll just remember that. Beacon stations, 100 watts. 100 watts. There we go. Approximately how long does it take the increased ultraviolet and X-ray radiation from solar flares to affect radio propagation on Earth? A, 20 to 40 hours, B, 28 days, C, 1 to 2 hours, D, 8 minutes. What? (laughs) What? Well, where's it coming from? The sun. Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Say, Say the question again. Approximately how long does it take the increased ultraviolet and X-ray radiation from solar flares to affect radio propagation on Earth? Oh, 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 oh. Okay. And I was going to (laughs) say 20 to 40 hours, but the answer is eight minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how long it takes for the sun to get to the Earth? Eight minutes. Eight minutes. Mm -hmm. And Hmm. if you... All right, well. If you factored the speed of light, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you'd find out that it was pretty close to eight minutes, depending on how far we are from the sun. Okay. Well, I failed. Yeah? <clears throat> 16 out of 35. Oh, man. That's brutal. Is that going up? I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you, Leia, for But being... I'm not going to dwell on it. We're going to... No. We're closing onward. the book on yeah, 2021. Onward. Yeah. Closing the book. Closing all the books. All the books. Even the books I didn't open. <laughs> You're going to open them and then immediately close yes, them. Yeah. We, we thought of opening them mm-hmm. earlier, but the time has passed. Yep. So it's an open shut case for wow. those books. <laughs> it's closed now. All right. Well, the show topic today is on a bit of radio etiquette. Radio etiquette. And I'm, I'm not going to go into cue codes because a lot of cue codes get thrown around. I want to just remind people they can go look those up. Go Google... Q codes, amateur radio Q codes, and you can just type that in. Wikipedia has some. Just make sure you're making sure that it is like the kind of current list of Q codes. There are some like old-fashioned Q codes that mm. aren't in favor as much anymore. And some of them just go way down this rabbit hole that, that we don't necessarily play in as much anymore. Okay. Some Q codes I'll mention up front. The ones that you end up using the most are QRZ. Right. Which is when you're wrapping up a QSO and you say QRZ to anybody listening. Uh, QSL is confirmation or do we have confirmation. Okay. So if someone says, they repeat their call sign to you and then they say 
did you get it? You can say QSL, <coughs> meaning okay. received. Okay. So kicking this off, I'm going to give you a couple of... Did of, you come up with this show topic because I was like, oh, what do I say? <laughs> a little bit. A little yeah. bit of that. And, and part of it was... Um, because I think I think you um, and you can comment, of course. I, I will take your your thoughts. You gonna mansplain my feelings? <laughs> I, I felt like you were you had a bit of trepidation. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. You're gonna answer this, but I, I assume that a lot of people overthink it. Oh yeah. I think everybody. Mike Friday is real. I, I think they think it's. I think they become frightened because they think that it's something that has a lot of gravitas behind and rules. And rules, unspoken rules, or unwritten rules. Some uh, there are colloquialisms of radio, right? Your particular repeater group may do things different from the repeater group that I'm used to, right? So just keep that in mind when we're um, when we're going through this. That this is not going to be the complete, you know, stuff that you need to. So do. is this just repeater etiquette? No, I'm going to talk about HF too, okay, and simplex. But okay, starting it off, this is a uh, universal, right? Listen, listen, and listen more. Mm -hmm. Most of the etiquette that you will pick up, particularly in your unique repeater situations in your hometown or whatever, you will pick up that etiquette from just listening. Okay. There's no way that I could write a book or put slides together and hand you or any ham for all the repeaters everywhere. The best way to figure that out is just listen. Just listen to the people talking, do what they do. Repeater usage, particularly when you're on a new repeater or it's your first time, is very much a when in Rome situation. Look like you belong there, sound like you belong there. Um, in some cases, if you sound real scared kind of sounding, then, you know, people pick up on that, right? So listen, listen, and listen more, and, and you'll pick up a lot of that stuff. So liberal use of your call sign is fine. Starting out with your call sign so people know who you are, getting that right up in front, Sometimes, most of the time, I give it phonetically. A lot of times on repeaters, people just say KI6NAZ. Okay. They don't give you the full phonetics. So if you're talking to somebody for a while on a repeater and you they're super fast, like they go KI6NAZ. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do that on repeaters. They just blast through the call sign. Okay. And it's your first time out there. You can ask them like, hey, um, I only got like half your call sign. Can I get your full call sign? Why do you want the whole call sign? Well, because then you can attach it to the name of the person you're talking to. Because sometimes on repeaters, there could be like four people, okay. like in a net that's revolving around. And you want to know who you're talking to. So when when everybody's saying, Cliff, hey, did you get that dipole up? And, they're, and, you know, who's Cliff? What's his call sign? Where's Cliff located? You know, that kind of stuff. Because a lot of people will be in their car, at least I'm usually in my car when I'm on VHF, UHF. But a lot of people are at home, and they're in front of a computer, and they QRZ. Where's the person? Okay. What city they live in? Et cetera. There's a lot of repeaters around here get out way beyond cities, counties, right, they cover. Right. So knowing a little bit more is fine, and it's okay to ask that question. And um, aim, when you're using your QSO, make sure you do try and hit that 10-minute mark. So you'll get into these conversations, particularly when you start finding good repeaters and you like everybody there. That Sometimes you'll forget to drop the call sign. This is just etiquette. Drop it every 10 minutes about if you can. You can buy okay. a clock that will set a 10-minute timer. Right. It'll notify Shack you. Clock. Shack clock specifically designed for that. And then make sure you, when you wrap up the call, make sure you include your call sign. So those are just the, the big ones. Listen, listen, and listen is the most important though. All right, so VHF and UHF, I broke those down to simplex and repeaters. For simplex, if the frequency is quiet, and look, you're, you're talking like 
146.520. I always say everybody should have that in their radio. They should practice the wilderness protocol when they're out. What is the wilderness protocol? The wilderness protocol is every three hours for five to ten minutes, you turn your radio on on the hour. And you can announce yourself saying, KI6NAZ, I'm monitoring for wilderness protocol traffic. And it generally starts at 7 a.m. 7 a.m. every three hours, you turn your radio on, listen for traffic, then you turn the radio off. And the idea there is that it saves your battery. Okay. So instead of leaving your radio on all day listening for emergency traffic, you can focus on the times where everybody agrees that they would call if they needed help. Okay. So wilderness protocol, very important. Um, Leah will put it in the show notes. Uh, you can listen every hour for three to five, three to ten minutes if you want to. Um, that's also a thing some people do is just every hour they turn the radio on and transmit listening for wilderness protocol traffic or emergency traffic of any kind. Let, let me know. <coughs> With that said, if you are just chilling in the car, driving down the street, and you want to get on the simplex calling frequency and you don't hear anybody out there, still listen. Listen for a little while, then say, Kilo India 6, use your call sign, of course. Insert your call sign here. Yeah, don't use Josh's call sign. And you can say something along the lines of this KI6NAZ monitoring two-meter simplex and looking for a call. That's all it has to be. And if you don't hear anything, that's fine. You know, wait a couple of minutes, try it again. If there is a QSO going on, and this is on simplex, sometimes what will happen is you'll hear people talking. That doesn't mean you, you can't have a thought or, or join them. Generally, people will wait for a break in the action, and hopefully if they're on simplex, they're giving appropriate breaks because, again, that is a calling frequency, and sometimes emergency traffic does pop up there. You can give your call sign. You can say just KI6NAZ, or you can say comment, and hopefully they will allow you to break in with your comment. If they So don't, you say comment before your call sign? Sometimes I don't say co- uh, my call sign at all. I just say comment. Okay, and then when they give you the airspace to speak, then you give your call sign and then you right. say your comment? Right, so they'll give you some, they'll, they'll come back with, I think we have a comment in there, go ahead, comment. Okay. And then you come back with, uh, yeah, KI6NAZ, I heard you talking about dipoles, putting up a dipole. I just put up a dipole, dot, 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 dot. This you is know. more complicated than Robert's Rules of Order. No, it's very simple. It's just, <laughs> you say, call, you, you just want to... Point of order? Yeah, point, point <laughs> of order. You just want to throw something in there so that they know somebody else is there, right? Okay. Um, you know, so th- that's the way to generally do it. Now, here's the, here's the thing that sometimes people get upset about. If they don't break for the comment, don't worry about it. Just just move on. Go go do something else. Get on a repeater. Go do something else. Because I mean, is it possible that they just couldn't hear you? That's exactly it. So I just assume best intentions, they just don't hear me. Particularly if you're on a Baofeng, or not a Baofeng, but a handheld. If you're on a handheld of some kind, you might just not be reaching them. They may be running a, you know, 50-watt mobile radio in their home with a really nice antenna, possibly even a beam, Mm -hmm. and they just might not be able to hear you, and you're hearing them off the side of their beam. Who knows? There's lots of things that could be happening. So say you get on a frequency and nobody's talking on that frequency, Mm -hmm. right? So you get on uh, Mm 146.52. Nobody's talking on the frequency. Mm -hmm. You put out your call sign, right? You -hmm. you say, you know, KN6NWZ monitoring, whatever. Right. And and then um, you don't hear anything. Okay. 
how do you know that you're getting your your signal out? I mean, you don't, hypothetically. And then how long do you wait? Till you get Bef- bored. Yeah, b- b- before you change to another frequency. Well, here's the thing. You got to keep in mind the calling frequencies are all the calling frequencies. If you're not getting anybody back on 146.520 or 446.000 mm-hmm. megahertz, then you can just go back to repeaters. Okay. It's not like there's really other simplex calling frequencies to call up. There, there are, but they're probably less traffic than the national calling frequencies. So okay. it doesn't give you a lot of reason to go poking around. At the same time, if you have a radio that has a waterfall, you can just go to where the action is. Keep looking for the red. (coughs) Right. Look for where the signals are. But some people don't have that luxury, right? So if you throw your call out there a couple of times and you say monitoring or looking for a QSO and you're not getting anybody back, it's it's very likely that if you're doing this on a handheld, you're not going to be that successful. Simplex really does shine if you put a good antenna behind it. And generally 50 watts. That's generally my recommendation. So if you don't get any callback, don't take it offensively. Just hop on a repeater. So speaking of repeaters, similar to Simplex, the same rules apply. If there's nobody talking on it, you can say, hey, I'm monitoring the such and such repeater, KI6NAZ, monitoring the repeater, you know, looking for a looking for a call, looking for a radio check is what I like to say a lot is just doing okay. a radio check out here. How, how am I sounding? Okay. How's my audio, you know? Sometimes people will not come back to just an open-ended, hey, I just want to chat. Okay. (laughs) But if you say something concrete like, I just got this repeater programmed, or you maybe you talk there a lot. So then they they confirm that they can (coughs) hear your radio, give Mm -hmm. you your signal report. You don't do a signal report on the repeater. Okay. So they tell you they can hear you, and then Mm -hmm. that's when you ask them about their colonoscopy? That's right. Okay. That's right. How's <laughs> got the gout? Right. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you give somebody concrete things, like you have a specific query, then you'll often get more replies on repeaters, I've found. Okay. So you say, I'm, I'm trying a new radio out. How do I sound? You know, you don't say it's a Baofeng. You just say, hey, how do I sound on this radio? Right. You don't go on and go, I got an ICOM ID52. Can you hear me? <laughs> no, you still do radio check. And then when they come back and say, hey, you sound good, you know what? They'll inevitably ask what radio and antenna are you using? That kind of thing. And then you can launch into it. You know, I, I will mention that there are some repeaters. It's not all repeaters. But if you do come back and say, hey, I'm on a, a Baofeng. How do I sound? All of a sudden they'll be like, oh, actually, you don't sound that good. In fact, I got to go. Take it easy. Uh, that does happen. So sometimes... That's a real polite F off. Yeah. So Sometimes I just say, just don't mention you're on a Baofeng. Just say, oh, I'm on a Yesu FT60. How do I sound? Because everybody loves the FT60. It's like... You're going to lie about what radio you're on? Yeah. No. Okay. Don't be dishonest on the air. How eh. rude. For the people that are worried about that happening, like if they hear the people do that on the repeater... Just don't tell them you're on a Baofeng. Tell them you're on some other radio. No, why? Why would you lie to your ham friends like that? What if they're not your friends? You just want a signal report. Uh, Again, not uh, a signal report. You want an audio. You want to know how your audio sounds. You're all a part of the the fraternity of... of (laughs) What's ham in Greek letters? It's like... I don't know. Something alpha mu. (laughs) (laughs) What is the H in the Greek alphabet? I do not know. The, what's crazy is I had, I, I, Ada, Ada, 
It's Ada. Don't be a hater. It's Ada. So it's Ada Alpha Mu. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to make a shirt with that. There you go. You guys are getting some Greek letters. <laughs> now, with repeaters, too, you know, going back to your comment on, earlier on how do you know if you're getting out? Well, the, the repeater has something that, that will help you in that regard. It's called the Roger beep, or it's the staticky <coughs> noise. When it keys up, it goes, right? That, that's actually there on purpose. So you know when you transmit and you stop transmitting, you get an audible tone back from the repeater. That tells you you're hitting it. So if you're not getting that, if you're not hitting that repeater and, and the repeater's not replying to you with a beep or a static noise or whatever, then you're likely not making it. Your programming's wrong. So just trying to transmit over and over again is probably not solving the problem. You should at least get that first. So good etiquette is making sure your equipment is squared away, particularly your programming. And don't abuse it. You, you hit the repeater. Congratulations. You, there's your free kerchunk. Uh, don't... Don't then sit there for the next 15 minutes <laughs> chunking the repeater. I think you told me when I was like, <laughs> when I was first using the handheld, I was like hitting the PTT mm -hmm. to hear the sound back. And you're like, that's chunking. <laughs> you're good. Now drop your call sign and say, I think I'm making it. I get it. <laughs> Did I we'll, make it? We'll be monitoring uh, from here on out. Thanks so much. Did I make it? <clears throat> now, so nets. <laughs> Let's talk about nets. Simplex, simplex nets exist. Okay, they're um, they're. Had, I don't think they do it anymore. But a couple of the guys locally were doing simplex nets. They're a thing. Repeater nets happen all the time, and they happen on digital voice modes, and they happen on uh, repeaters all over the place. Repeater nets can vary in how what their etiquette is. So again listen to the nets, understand what the protocol is for joining the net and then providing traffic, commentary, and then signing off the nets because they are very different. Case in point, the Ham Radio Crash Course net that runs every Thursday, uh, Thursday evening, they will take calls for check-ins. Okay. And it will sound something like the net op will say, we are now taking calls to join the HRCC net. And then we'll take about five call signs. So one person will key up, give their call sign. Another person will key up, give their call sign. And they'll do that about five times. And then they will say, okay, I have, and then repeat the call signs they heard. And they will keep doing that until no one is checking in any longer. And then they will go back to the, that list that they have accumulated. Okay. And they will go to each one of those call signs and throw it the mic, basically, the repeater or the digital talk group over to that person based off of the check-in order. And then that person can say comments, what they've been doing in radio, etc. In the case of the Hammer to Crash Course Net, it's generally like, what have you been doing on the radio this week? Okay. Right, so it's just kind of catching people up. And so if you, if you get on the list, is it bad form to like log off? If you've run out of time to wait for yourself to be called on? It can be. So good good question. Again, on the HRCC net, what'll happen is people will give their call sign and say in and out. So they're checking in and checking out at the same time. So they just want to be on the roster as being checked in, but they have nothing to talk about. Oh, okay. That is unique to the HRCC net. And there's a lot that do that, but it is there's no standard template for running a net. 
Okay. So the point of me mentioning this is that is how we do it. Many people don't do it as we do it. In fact, the PAPA system, which is local here, they take call signs and PAPA numbers. And that ID system is important because they use that to track who has checked in consistently. Why do they call it a PAPA system? That's just what it's called. I don't know what it stands for. but Like Big Papa? Yeah, probably not. Okay. Probably something <laughs> with preparedness in there. They're, they're preparedness-minded uh, a repeater group. And that's a repeater network. So the re- repeaters are networked together via the internet. Okay. So it's pretty wide-based. I mentioned the HRCC net because it's, you know, it's not like other nets. Some nets are like it, but not all of them. So again, listen to the nets. It's a big net. Yeah, think Lots of the of trivia check-ins. net. Remember the trivia net? Yeah. You give your call sign, and then they come back to you and ask you the answers to the questions that you have for the net. And that's usually three answers. They're all multiple choice. So you give something like, uh, I'm gi- I'll, I'll take Alpha Alpha Bravo. Okay. That's the answer to the net. And then you say, thanks so much. That's it. So keep that in mind. You, that's that's what, how you handle nets. Last thing on repeaters, don't say CQ on a repeater. You don't need to do that. <laughs> if you heard the Roger beep, you're making it into the repeater, so you don't need to add an additional CQ. If anybody's listening on that repeater, it's very likely they're hearing you. Further, if you call CQ on the repeater, your radio is not the one making the contact. It's the repeater. Oh. And repeaters don't have logs. They don't right. have log books, so you don't generally log uh, repeater contacts. Right, you told me they don't count as contacts. They don't count as contacts. So just keep that in mind because the repeater's doing all the heavy lifting. It's the radio with the nice antenna on the mountaintop running more power. You're just accessing it, bent piping it with RF, if you will, uh, and using their resources. So really, the, the repeater made the contact, not you. It'd be like if, uh, if you called CQ on your cell phone. <laughs> AT&T earned the contact. I, or Verizon, you didn't do it, right? Because the RF equipment was all AT&T. So, you know, when you use a repeater, mm-hmm. do you need to, like, help pay for the repeater? Sometimes. So some repeaters have memberships. Some repeaters take, you know, volunteer how, donations. How do, you, how do you know if you've happened upon a repeater that requires a membership and then you're using the repeater without, um, you know... They're pretty fast to tell you. <laughs> Get off our repeater. So repeater book will tell you if the repeater is open or private or whatever. A lot of repeater groups, Papa system is one of these. They'll give you a trial period that you can hop on the nets and, and kind of get a feel for what it is. And then they'll say, hey, like, you know, it's time. You know, either join us or find other repeaters. Ish to, or get off the pot. That's right. Uh, to, to go, to go, you know, talk on. That's a thing. It's a real thing because repeaters aren't free. The, the power to run them if they're connected to power, the internet access, the physical rent space that some repeaters have to pay, which is a thing. So they're, they're, not, they're not cheap. And any upgrades for broken hardware, all that stuff, they do run funds. And a lot of repeaters are owned by clubs. So okay. if you like the repeater, um, it's possible that you'd probably like the club as well. So you might want to, you, you can shop for a club by shopping for repeaters. Oh, interesting. If you find repeaters that are full of like-minded individuals, they're often affiliated with clubs. So consider joining their meetings and checking them out. And you probably already met some of the folks on the repeater, so it's not going to be a big surprise when you see those people 
and talk okay. to them in person. So that's the nice thing to do. The respectful kind of ham responsible thing is ham if it's responsible. a good, if it's ham responsible, if it's a, <laughs> if it's a good repeater, you know, throw them a little bit of coin by joining them, donating, et cetera. So on HF, similar things, you want to make sure you're giving adequate time to listen and make sure you're not butting in on a conversation already going on. HF can be more difficult though. The bands rapidly change, like the band conditions. Okay. So if you are on 14.250, okay, and you think it's totally quiet, right? You're just listening, you don't hear anybody, and you start calling CQ. Let's say you were there for like five minutes. You don't hear anything. It's the very polite thing to do, particularly on HF, is you hop on the frequency and you say, KI6NAZ, is this frequency in use? Is this frequency in use? And then you wait. Instead of so instead of calling CQ when you're right. on HF, you, you don't ask if the frequency is in correct. Use. You always ask first before calling CQ. And I generally do it twice. Because what'll happen. And, and what generally is a thing, particularly with the changing band conditions, um, signals, there could be a quieter signal that's down in the noise. So if you think of how radios work, right, it's, it's, it's one person talks and the other person talks back right. and forth, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's entirely likely that someone, you tune up on a frequency, you think it's quiet. Well, it's, it's not quiet. There's someone talking at that time. But because of band conditions, you can't hear them. But the person that's making a CUSA with that individual can hear the person talking, but can also hear you. So you're interrupting there. So now you're interfering on a CUSO that's actively going on at that point. Okay. So the responsible thing and the polite thing is to just hop on and go, uh, KI6NAZ, is this frequency in use? And if there is an active CUSO... The, the person the person that can hear both of you, which happens all the time, particularly me in California, I can hear lots of people in the middle of the country, but sometimes it's harder for me to east, hear the East Coast. Okay. And there could be a CUSO going on with someone on the East Coast and someone in Texas. The Texas station can hear me, but I can't hear the station in New England. Okay. Right? So it, it's the polite thing. Check to see if the frequency is in use. They will definitely tell you if it is in use. Or what is likely even more so to happen is you ask, is the frequency in use? You hear nothing. You ask a second time. You hear nothing. And you start calling CQ. Okay. You get into your fifth CQ. And then all of a sudden you start hearing, like way down in the noise, you start hearing people. Okay. So the bands have shifted a bit. Maybe they've ran a bit long and now you're hearing out further. And you hear an active QSO really down in the noise. Just slide your frequency over. Just find a new frequency. It, it happens, and it's only going to happen more as the sun cycle picks up. There's okay. going to be more situations where there's going to be lots of people on the bands. Finding a, a, a spot that you can carve out for a little while to call CQ can be frustrating and difficult in those times, but it's the it's the polite thing to do it the right way. I've got to be honest. As we're talking about all these etiquette rules, mm-hmm. I feel like it's actually making me more nervous to get on the air. It's not, though. It's just it's all common sense, logical. Just be polite, and everything works itself out, I've found. It just works itself out. And if you're not like, again, if you take it serious, then people that care about it being super serious will will come at you as though it's serious. But if you just say, hey, my bad, all good, I'm sliding over, KI6NAZ, peace out, 
right? If it's not that big a deal and you maintain a tone of it just being not that big a deal, then it's generally never that big a deal. So I shouldn't profusely apologize for my now, ignorance. You don't want to go either way. You don't want to be like, well, I was here first and da, 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 or, oh my God, I'm so sorry. It'll never happen again. Just be like, yeah, all right. QSYing, there's another Q code you should learn. QSY means you're changing frequencies. Okay. So you're just saying, hey, oh, okay, I'm, I'm hopping up or I'm hopping up five or I'm, I'm hopping off frequency. Sorry about that. Have a great rest of your day. All right, KI6NAZ, I'm out. Uh, yeah, it happens all the time. Josh, out. And it's it's not your <laughs> fault, and it's not really their fault either. It just happens. The bands change, things change, it just happens. And so once everybody just accepts that, that things happen, it's all good. We can just move on with things. Make sure that you take the time to listen for a few minutes before keying up on a frequency. Same thing, I'm going to repeat that multiple times for all the reasons that I gave. Now, when you do get to the point that you find a frequency, make it simple. Don't don't say, this is Kilo India 6, November Alpha Zulu, hello 20 meters, hello 20 meters, Kilo India 6, November Alpha Zulu, calling from Cerritos, California, Kilo India 6, November Alpha Zulu. I feel like this is going to be listening. really tough for me because I'm so verbose. You can do that, but um, and, and there's there's good arguments for doing stuff like that, right? You, you almost want to be a beacon so that... People, as they're scanning up and down the bands, they hear you. They hear that there is somebody that is transmitting a lot of voice. What I found a lot is that you just do something like CQ, Kilo, India, 6, November, Alpha, Zulu, CQ, Kilo, India, 6, November, Alpha, Zulu, and then you can leave it with CQ and listening, or you can just say CQ or Kilo, India, 6, November, Alpha, Zulu. Just repeat it multiple times. But, like, you have that feature on the 7300 where— You're stealing my thunder. Oh, okay, sorry. The, the reason why I said <laughs> make it short and simple, and, and it, it doesn't need to be— that short you still want to hold it up a little bit okay you just record that into the 7300 or radios that do it there's a lot now you just record that cq call and i have one for standard cq call and i have one that says cq poda cq poda kilo india 6 november alpha zulu cq poda okay and i just hold down the button on the audio and i just let it play every five seconds or every eight seconds so why do you want to say cq poda though is it because it gets a better response or so that it like sets the expectation that it's not going to be a rag shoe correct yeah you're, you're getting it yeah so when when people say cq contest you assume that they're on a contest they're not just wanting to have a chit chat have okay. rag chew right they've got a goal cq soda cq poda CQ anything, right? If there is a focus, you start to set the mindset for what that QSO is going to look like. Okay. Right. When you call CQ, you start that whole process in how you call CQ, right? So there's the etiquette right there is you're setting assumptions by how you call the CQ, right? Does that make sense? Yes. So when you reply to a CQ, just give your call sign. For is that, that why there are more rag shoes at night? Because there's kind of this assumption that you're not doing a soda or a poda. Maybe. If you're activating at night, like you're really there to just for company. Uh, maybe. Sure. Um, sometimes a lot of the rag chews happen on 80 meters. And that's a nighttime band anyway. So it more or less sorts itself out. There are podas that go into the night as people stay over weekends, like if they're camping. Okay. That's a real thing. You know, poda doesn't have a, a an hours of operation. It can happen at any time. And there's always somebody on the radio, so it's it's possible. Replying to CQ, just give your call sign. Don't don't make it don't make it fancy. Don't give the first half, second half. Just say Kilo India 6 November Alpha Zulu. Say it phonetically. Now, 
There are some exceptions. Sometimes people will say their call sign QRP or their call sign and mobile. And sometimes people will stop the, you know, the pile up that they have of all the people. If they hear QRP, they might come back and say, hey, we got a QRP station. Go ahead, QRP station. Or we got oh, a mobile station. because they're heroes. Right, and, and because they're never going to the make heroes. it in. If you've got a if you've got a pile up of you know a bunch of people, and they're all running 100 plus watts of power, they're, they're likely not going to make it in. So if they get that hint of QRP, sometimes that helps to get you in there as well. So keep that in mind. Hmm. So here's my my big one, and and again, this is just a simple list, nothing that big deal. Uh, when you have a QSO going, either you called CQ or someone else called CQ, and you're applying. Okay. My tip is get the contact material out of the way. No chit-chat, no funny business. You want to get that signal report on both sides done as fast as possible. In case band conditions change? Exactly. In case band conditions change or something happens. So they acknowledge your call sign, you acknowledge their call sign, all set, you go, you're a 5'9 here in Cerritos, California. And then they come back with, you're a 5'5, blah, 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 blah. Okay, get all that sorted out, get the contact logged, however you log it, write it down, put it in your application, do whatever it is, get all that done. And then if it's a, a fun QSO where you're just kind of chatting for five minutes and then you kind of wrap things up and everybody goes their separate ways, well, you got all the hard work done. And if you routinely, you know, grill that in, you know, build that muscle memory, you'll always get the QSO out of the way first. And then if it's just a chit chat, you go have the chit chat. If it's a no, this is a POTA, we're done here, 73, then 73, you're out. Also, some people, you don't know what type of QSO they want to have. The one calling CQ, though, is generally the driver of that discussion. Okay. So if you called CQ, you get that contact information done, and, and you want to move on because you want to do DX, you can just say that. Hey, I'm trying to fill out my logbook tonight. It was great to talk to you, but I'm going to go ahead and keep making calls. Some people can be difficult to break the contact with. Like I I literally listened to a QSO that went on for like an extra 10 minutes where the guy kept saying, hey, I got to go. You know, the wife's calling. Thanks so much, 73. And the guy came back with, hey, what antenna are you using? And then, and then the guy went on for two minutes explaining what antenna he was using. He's like, yeah, but I, I really got to go, Bob, again. It was really good to talk to you. They talk often. I, I got to go. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, so that antenna, what do you, what do you got it on a tower? It was, what, what, a billion. And, and it just kept going. Like The guy would not let the guy off the air. And sometimes you just got to be like, final, final, I got to go 73. <laughs> and then peace out. Is there a, a QSO um, a code for my wife is calling? Yeah, we generally say I'm I'm being plagued by local QRM. <laughs> That's how we let them know. No, not really. Generally, if it's just a fun chit-chatty QSO, people can run a little long. People will start to like throw lots of fillers in there like, uh, yeah, so the weather's good here, Bob. How's it with you? And they start using that like AM broadcaster voice, you know? Start to draw everything out. Okay. Uh, it happens, right? But if it's your QSO, right, you were the one that called CQ, you can just be like, hey, trying to get some DX in here before the gray line hits, so I'm going to bid you a fun 73. It's great to talk to you, and I'll, I'll catch you What's down the What's the gray the line? Hmm? What's the gray line? The gray line is the day-night cycle. Huh. Literally the boundary of where light turns to dark 
or the other way around. It's literally learning a new language. Yeah, a little bit. So that <laughs> those are those are just some of my tips, and you can feel free to use those. Although, obviously, if it's midday, you can't say like, "I'm trying to get some more contacts for the gray line." It's like, well, that's five hours from where. <laughs> yeah, I've got a busy day planned. Please vacate my frequency. Seventy-three. You know, it, just. And so you wouldn't recommend that while somebody's in the middle of asking you a question that you go 73. <laughs> well, no, because they can't hear you. NWZ out. <laughs> they can't hear you, right? If they're transmitting, they're right, transmitting. Right, but like, so they've asked you a question, what antenna are you using? And you just go, can 6 WZ 73. <laughs> like, uh, oh, Shaq's on fire. Bye-bye. <laughs> but you want to keep using that frequency. <laughs> That'd be rude, right? <laughs> That's... I have actually heard that before, where the guy had a, a similar uh, or a kind of popular station, uh-huh. and the dude just wouldn't let him move on, and okay. he just, he just started calling CQ again, <laughs> and just, other people start uh-huh. trying to make contacts with him, and the other dude, you could hear the dude yammering in the background still, <laughs> because I'm listening to everything, right? I'm receiving everyone. Right. And so that, that dude's like having a one-sided conversation with himself while contacts are going on. It happens. It happens. Um, you know, because again, band fading, noise, you know, conditions. Maybe he he just doesn't realize he's not getting out, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it happens. It's a thing, you know? So we just, we, again, the best thing you can do is don't take offense. Bands change. People can't hear you in some cases. I take no offense if I get a, you know, a contact that wraps up early if the call starts to fade you know if they're a solid five nine and then all of a sudden they're like a five seven and now they're a five six and now they're a five five you might want to consider telling them saying hey you're starting to fade on me i think we're experiencing a band shift so i'm gonna just say 73s right now we can continue but i just want to say it was really good to talk to you um let me know if you can still copy me all right and then you can keep it going up until the point where it's totally faded out but then at that point, you've also at least given the, you know, salutations for the contact. Right. And if it does fall out, then no one's going to have any hard feelings because you took the time to say, acknowledge the changing conditions. These are all things you'll figure out the more you use your radio. You'll get it. It all makes sense. But don't take it too seriously. And if you screw up, we all screw up. We all screw up constantly. It happens. It's not that big a deal. Um, keep that in mind. So, yeah, those are my... Those are my big comments on that one. 73, NWC, out. Out. Well, that that brings us to the end of the show, (laughs) the last show for 2021. Uh, Everybody, I I hope you enjoy the the new year. If you're listening to this on Friday, New Year's Eve for 2021, there is a whole lot of live streams planned. Kyle AA0Z is doing Trivia Night. Tank Radio is doing his own gaming and trivia uh, that a bunch of people will be on. I will be on with George and Tommy from Smoke and Solder from Ham Nation fame uh, for a bit of their segment. And then Jason will be doing a live stream as well. A lot of these folks are Central Standard Time, so the time zones will vary depending on where you're at. The streams will obviously be hitting midnight before I'll be hitting midnight. So don't know what all there is in store for tomorrow, but it's just going to be a ton of people live streaming. So make sure you at least check out Kyle, A-Zero-Z, and Tank Radio, Jason, 
and the uh, ham radio university guys or smoke and solder guys, George and Tommy. Excellent. Yeah. Well, uh, no matter how difficult 2021 was, Mm -hmm. I feel like the HRCC community that we've gotten to read emails from and had conversations with in the Discord and on the Facebook, you all were definitely a major bright spot definitely. in our year. You definitely. were our sunspots. Aww. <laughs> you are our own personal sunspots. And as Tamitha Scove would say, wham! Well, okay. <laughs> That was amazing. So, All right, everybody. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it. And the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us. 73. 73.